so this is no soul episode 53 we're back again it's the east west connection bobby abreu's number my boy 53 my favorite yep. philly of all go. time <laughs> good catch nice uh any other famous 53s in any sports oh i don't know hmm. um let's see come back to me on that okay Best, best guys that wore number 53. I think, um, actually, real quick, I think Bret Hart held the WWF title 53 times. <laughs> there you go. So uh, there's that. The GOAT. Yeah, the GOAT. The, the GOAT, man. After this pay-per-view, <laughs> we're going to re- retract the, the uh, episode 50 where we made our list because I'm <clears throat> looking a little silly with that one. Um, But we'll talk about Bret Hart. This is King of the Ring, 1993, 30 years later. Sheesh. We are, uh, yeah, we're here to talk about it. <clears throat> and um, this is prime time, my era, Duke's era. Frank, you were coming in a little later, but I know you love this era as well. It's kind of like a um, somewhat forgotten era for some people because it's right after Hulkamania is fading away and before like the attitude era but this uh i guess we call it new generation era <clears throat> has a lot of fun shows and this is this is one of them we'll see what you guys think about king of the ring 93 um but yeah i i do want to get into you know the fact that last week we got at superstar billy graham we lost the iron sheik as well over this past week frank we talked about it on our coliseums classics episode did uh zern duke and i but shiki baby uh i don't know if you want to throw in uh you know a couple words about the iron sheik i know you were a fan as well yeah man i mean what a legend right like Sheik, i, I got to meet Sheik, and he was super friendly little you know toward those end years where it was a little wilder but super nice guy to me when i met him um sad to see him go and I, I know he became sort of like a an internet personality and all that at the end there, but true legend of the game, you know, and the ultimate uh, transitional champion, you know what I mean? Maybe sort of started out that term, you know, and, but it's like a, 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 a real thing. He was a world champion, a real Olympian and, you know, sad to see him go. That's a good point. He was uh, the first, I guess, the most famous transitional champion or one of them. Cause it kickstarted Hulkamania, you could say, um, but yeah, the Iron Sheik, gone, 80 years old. Um, sad times between him and Billy Graham. A lot of legends that we grew up, you know, obviously our, our, the guys we grew up watching in the, in the 80s and 90s, but they, they go way back. Billy Graham, Iron Sheik, so legends from uh, many decades thrown through. Also on our Superstar Billy Graham episode, uh, Lorenzi chimed mm-hmm. in, and he's a, he's a youngin', admittedly so, but... Um, he was he was telling us, you know, Duke, you know, but he's he's a big fan of like ECW and 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 those those years. But he loves superstar Billy Graham. Even he has a lot of respect for the I guess charisma machine that was superstar. So it's cool that some young guys kind of understand the impact and influence of the superstar. We also had Ed, our man Ed, our loyal listener Ed. Props to Ed, who just supports all of our stuff, all our shows. Um, just he's Speaking been telling of that really quick. Yeah. Can I just jump in? Because I've never mentioned this ever. Ed actually has a podcast. Oh, wow. And it's called Geek Speak Last Week. 
and I'm sorry, Ed, that I haven't mentioned this before. It just completely like slipped my mind because he's not on YouTube, but they mm -hmm. have it. They're on all like the podcast platforms. So be sure to check him out. Geek Speak last week. It's with my buddy Tone as well and their friend. Um, so definitely support them. Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. No, Geek Speak last week. Support Ed's uh, show. <laughs> definitely our loyal listener. But um you know, he's another one. He said he he knew superstar Billy Graham retrospectively, retroactively, but was undeniably cool. And is, you know, another one who was talking about the mark on the business that Billy Graham made. But um, yeah, we got some good feedback on superstar Billy Graham. I'm sure it's not the last time we'll be speaking about him because it seems like he always comes up in like different topics. But um, I do want to get into uh, the 30 year anniversary of King of the Ring. It's 1993. And Frank, you would have been eight years old here seven six years old yeah six years old here okay mm -hmm. i was just turning 10 about to be 11 uh or just turned 10 actually but um i was dude. 30 <laughs> yeah but um i guess because i know for me this was a vhs rental type of situation i oh you know what i kind of remember um dude do you remember how you would get like the free for all for free on pay-per-view yeah. yep yeah, I think I, I watched that much of it, and then the, oh, the feed man. cut out. Such you know, it didn't have to. Mm -hmm. It was a dream back then. Oh my god, dude! But uh, I it really was like people don't realize now because you know, there's Peacock, and you get the premium live events as they're called now, like for free with Peacock. So basically, like if you have cable, you can watch them for free, basically at this point. But like, dude, back in the day, like remember like when you got a pay-per-view like what a big deal it was like i remember the royal rumble 92 um my friend steve who you know john uh steve Barr, his brother-in-law who was just his sister's boyfriend at the time he ordered us the, the 1992 royal rumble and like i was just i have goosebumps telling this story legit like just how like awesome it was you know because they were few and far between back in the day you know to actually watch a pay-per-view like in the moment so like just such a cool thing you know it brings back such a great memory didn't it feel like it was a million dollars like oh money my god never afford? yeah <laughs> for sure yeah <laughs> you know especially you know like you know i grew up poor you know like my mom and three boys like so you know like it usually wasn't it was like either a joint effort or like, you know, here comes Rich, you know, his name's Rich, by the way. Shout out to Rich for that Royal Rumble experience. But like, oh, sweet. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, oh, you guys want to watch the Royal Rumble? You know, like he exactly. brings out his big wad of cash and, you know, it was probably like 15 bucks or whatever it was back in the day. But my one uncle was a uh, like a bookie or something. And I remember mm -hmm. he had one of these early papers but other than that like because he was probably just loaded gambling yeah, money, yeah. but yeah. i didn't have that ability either frank so i, I brought it up <clears> to <throat> ask did either one of you got did duke did you watch this live do you think or was this a rental you know what i i don't remember i feel like if i watched it live i probably would remember it so i probably it was probably a rental i probably you know tuned in on saturday morning and heard the results and stuff like that and then watched it after the fact i feel like I probably would have remembered it if I had it because all those early ones I do remember. Like I remember mm -hmm. WrestleMania six, like um, I remember my neighbor rented that and I watched that. I remember the rumble. So I feel like if I 
watched this in the moment, I would have remembered it. So probably not. Well, it's funny because, Frank, I don't know about you, but I was glued to the TV like Saturday mornings <clears> and you would find stuff out, like Duke said, um, you know, we'll get to one of the, the segments uh, in the Hogan match with a certain photographer. But I remember like they would show still screens of that. And I was a kid and I'm looking at it like, wait, what the heck just happened? Like, what? <laughs> how did this happen? But did you watch like, were you a watcher? Because you caught the tail on the superstar. No, you wouldn't have seen superstars yeah. when you were that young. No, no, I was kind of, you know, like I'd probably watch some wrestling, but not enough to know what was going on. And um, especially watching this and I seeing Lex the way he is, like my earliest memories of Lex was he was already all American Lex. Yeah. You know? So, you know, so like I definitely wasn't watching this like as it happened. I probably didn't see this until late 90s early 2000s you know going back and trying to figure it all out because really the first king of the ring i remember really maybe and i didn't even watch it watch it but i just remember seeing it go down kind of was austin okay mm. so like as like a first king of the ring that i was seeing was mm. most likely him but like i said i didn't even watch that event i just remember it being a thing okay i was curious just to see um where you guys were back here in 1993 but um, yeah, I want to talk about this event. And uh, it was June 13th, 1993, to be specific. It was Dayton, Ohio, the Nutter Center. Dayton, Ohio, Ohio, although they would call this the heartland of America all night long <laughs> to try to sidestep the fact that they were in Dayton, Ohio, probably. Um, Vince has like a phobia, I think, with small towns and uh, doesn't usually like to acknowledge it. But the heartland of America will say Dayton, Ohio. 6,500 in attendance, Frank. What do you think? I don't know how many that, that event, uh, the Nutter Center could fit at the time, but 6,500, huh? If that was AEW, they'd be going out of business in the next year or so or whatever. That, But, you know, I don't know. It seems good to me not to be a hater. Capacity 10,400. I just checked it out. But, you know, more than you halfway know? full. Yeah, they didn't set it up probably for full capacity. You know, like that happens with these wrestling shows. Yeah, not gonna kill them. No, Jim Ross, Macho wrestling Man, too. Like, but this was no, like wrestling was just not. It was kind of hitting that lull at this time. You know, it's like, like the it very was, earliest days of it, probably. Yeah, you know? it's the business started to change. It was hitting that lull, like. Well, although this, this it... was their first addition to the big four because the SummerSlam was about two or three months later and they drew 24,000. I'm looking now. So maybe it was just the fact that this King of the Ring like kind of wasn't expected well, what to be. Was, a big deal. Um, so what was Survivor Series? What was the attendance for Survivor Series? So that year, Survivor Series 93 was 15,000 in Boston. Okay. So, uh, you know, but yeah, maybe but, it uh, was just the new event, like you said. It could have been something like that, but I'm with you. Like it's a known fact. Like this was a weird time, yeah, for the biz. Um, you can even this see was... it on the show. Like when we see like the matchups and like the King of the Ring guys that we're <clears> seeing <throat> versus the main event guys of the show. You know, it was just like it's an odd time for the WWF product. I guess you could say. Yeah, I didn't want to like get into it this early, but it was definitely like it seemed like a transitional time to go off mm -hmm. what you said about the iron cheek like mm -hmm. um you know hogan savage is a commentator here which by the way like i thought about this like nine months earlier randy savage was in the world heavyweight championship match or, i'm sorry wwf title match at wrestlemania 
like a year and a half or a year year and three months. Mm-hmm. At um, how old would he have been around here? Do we know? Like about I don't know, but like it's crazy to think that nine months previous, he's in the right. WWF title match, and now he's a commentator. It's just crazy no, that Vince was like, "Hey, we're gonna put you behind," you know, like. That's just crazy so was, to me. He was 39, so it would be like nine months ago if uh, Roman Reigns suddenly yeah. just went to commentary right now. And like instead of, you know, hey, Mach, we're going to put you with Shawn Michaels and do a program. Mm-hmm. I know. You know what well, I'm saying? We're going to talk like, about that, my, my friend. We're going to talk about that. No, because... I know, but it's like, I don't know. It's just silly, whatever. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, go for sure. No, but we'll definitely get into it. Um, <clears throat> But... Yeah, Jim Ross, Randy Savage, and Bobby the Brain Heenan are your commentary team trio, which by the end of it, for me, spoiler, I really like this trio. Maybe you guys could talk about it now. Do you like these three together? Or do you not like Macho on commentary, period? I loved um, Bobby in the beginning, the little like move that he did when they introduced him. Did you guys catch that? Just the little, you know, just the brain being the brain. Yeah, it's not that I dislike Macho on commentary. I actually like him a lot um, because he's so into it, you know, mm-hmm. like, and he's such a blazing baby face. Like, he's all about the good guys and like, um, we'll get into it more match by match. But no, I mean, I do like it. Jim Ross. Um, I love Jim Ross. I love early Jim Ross. I just feel like in the WWF, it sounds weird to say, but he doesn't it just doesn't sound right. Like he's an NWA (laughs) guy, a UWF guy, like at this time. So like, it was just, he's great all night. Early JR. I love it. Like, don't get me wrong. It just sounds kind of weird because he was still Jim Ross at this time. He wasn't the WWF fucking whatever he became caricature of Jim Ross. So it's good. It's just strange for me. If that makes any sense at all. it does, and I want to know if Frank, because um, I actually really like this Jim Ross as opposed to like Attitude Era Ross. Well, I love, I love, I love this Jim Ross. I love the Attitude Era Jim Ross. He's my favorite. He's my top guy, Jim Ross. So I, I always have love for Jim Ross. But I know what Duke is saying because there's parts of the show where like Jr. is like yelling and he's so passionate, and it's like the other guys aren't matching that energy, you know. But like I did love the team overall though i I, I, that was like a note that i had during it because i mean not for nothing yeah yeah, but it's like look at who they are exactly exactly it's like impossible to not Mm -hmm. like it well you know sometimes it don't just don't work like i thought for sure worked as well yeah but i mean at the same time it's like it's jim ross it's like a low-key dream combination for exactly. me. Like I didn't yeah. realize until I was yeah. listening. Right, I was right. like, this is JR and Brain and Mach. I was like, I, I kind of love this whole thing. Yeah. Like, yeah, and, and you know, you got Mach who is like so heavily rooting for certain guys and yeah, Bobby so who's good. so anti-certain yep. guys. It's like that cool. And then yeah, JR's the, the middleman. But yeah, that's your, your commentary team. Who will be the king? You know, that's the question here going into this. And King of the Ring, like I said, was the first pay-per-view addition to the big four of the Royal Rumble, WrestleMania, SummerSlam, Survivor Series. So this was, you know, a big deal to bring in a fifth pay-per-view event. And uh, it was a one-night tournament to crown the best of the best in that squared squared circle. And tournaments always near and dear to our hearts, much like uh, I think most wrestling fans would agree with that. I'm not sure everyone. But are you guys uh, a fan of 
you know, the single night tournament or maybe the over the several weeks type tournament? Because they've done that in different ways with the King of the Ring. What do you guys like? Give me a single night tournament all day. I love it. Like even when it's like MMA used to do it back in the early, like the first UFC oh, yeah, events, it's insane. like, it's like, you know, it's crazy. <clears throat> it's madness, but like the, I prefer that. It makes it feel real. And like yeah. you're having a true winner, like last man standing type of thing. And I think they do a good job in this, like building to that, you know, like to the main event. So give me a single night tournament all day. I, you know, I'll take any kind of tournament, but one nighter, I'm all for it. Duke, you the same way. Yeah, that seems to be passe at this point in wrestling. It seems like, you know, recently with tournaments, it'll be like, oh, over the next few weeks, we're going to have these matches and then it's going to culminate at this pay-per-view, you know? So it seems like they've gotten away from it. And I get it as far as like, I mean, because these guys are tired, man, in in this tournament. Um, So I get it, but yeah, man, like it's insane to think that MMA used to do that. Like, you're gonna fight multiple times. That's insane. Like that's that's legit fighting. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, like, but um, I agree. I love a one night tournament as well. Um, these guys, it shows the shape that they're in. Like, it's pretty incredible, actually. Especially, um, I don't want to get too far ahead, but the bigger guys, you know, that are able to wrestle more than once like that's crazy like that's really it's a testament to their um their athletic ability which pro wrestling doesn't really get enough love on i think yeah for sure and um this is like i said the inaugural king of the ring pay-per-view for wwf but the tournament actually happened multiple times before 1993 so we had uh just really quick to run through them previous winners don morocco harley race randy savage ted dibiase Tito Santana and Brett the Hitman Hart, a previous winner mm-hmm. of the King of the Ring tournament and uh, 1991. So this is now, and they are almost impossible to find anywhere. If if you can, like kudos to you because I've looked high and low to find. I don't even think some of them re- were recorded, you know, and mm. filmed. So um, the ones that happened before this pay-per-view, almost impossible to find. But this is the first official King of the Ring that WWS recognizing technically. Uh, Vince's intro, you know, who does it better than him presenting his own <laughs> product and his energy? Uh, he he announces, you know, Bret Hart versus Ruthless Razor. He just starts throwing <laughs> nicknames around, yeah, like the, that we never heard before. But um, <clears throat> in the beginning, the, the commentator team we mentioned hyping up the rest of the card as it as it should be, like right at the top, they're running down the whole card, getting you hype. And uh, it was it was a cool intro. I loved it. You know, just the whole aesthetic. I love the logo they chose for this King of the Ring and all that good stuff. But first match, first round, we're going right to it. And this is like an instant dream match. <laughs> Razor Ramon versus Brett the Hitman Hart in all of our wheelhouse here. And uh, JR and Bobby run down Brett's many accolades, talking about, you know, already triple crown winner. You know, he's done it all. And there's a huge Razors fan club sign in the crowd <laughs> that, that's like the starting point to, uh, I guess, the undeniable thing where you have to just listen to the fans, right? And yeah. and Razor, which is weird because as a kid, I do remember watching a lot of WWF Live on Monday nights when they first started Raw. And I remember watching Live when the kid beat him. And they had a couple-week feud, you know, Lightning Kid, one, two, three Kid. And uh, I didn't think in a million years, like, Razor <laughs> would ever be a good guy. And before you know it, 
he went from like this this heel working with kid to getting these cheers but um did you did you see this duke coming like were you um i don't know that i saw him i would say no but i can tell you that i thought he was really cool mm-hmm. so like it doesn't surprise me you know like um some guys are just going to be like you know like diesel we see diesel during this and it's like this dude is cool as shit like mm-hmm. you're like who is this guy you know just the mystique alone of a character is like it's like you want to know more and stuff like that it's attractive it's like the dude is enormous like he's oozing charisma so yeah it doesn't surprise me that razor you know became what he became and he's arguably we say this all the time one of the coolest dudes he might be the coolest dude ever mm-hmm. in wrestling you know yeah. like so yeah. that doesn't surprise me no doubt frank uh this is prime prime bret hart here prime razor you could sort of argue because like he's in such yeah. great shape both of them are in such great shape just on top of their game as wrestlers um but you came in with your like i guess you came in when razor was a baby face or um he's a more wcw like, like said, and hall yeah because my um WWF viewing at this time was super sporadic, right? So, like, I just would see Razor here and there and be like, oh, Spanish guy. You know what I mean? So, like, so I like him. So, that's what started. But then Scott that's Hall so and funny. WC, yeah, and then Scott know, Hall right? and WCW really, yeah. yeah, that was really where it got me, you know, super into Scott Hall more. But, um, yeah, like, no, I'd seen Razor. He was bad. He was bad and good. Like, and like at times when I would see him as a kid. So, it's not it, to me, it makes sense. He's the coolest looking dude out there, like you said. You know, mm-hmm. he's so big. And you see him in there with Brett, you're like, man, this guy, he's so huge. You know what I mean? It's, Compared to yeah, so he's many a big man. guys. Like, you forget how You know big what, he too? Is. Like, that's, I don't know if it's talked about enough, but he was always in shape, man. Yeah, Razor yeah, always, always was. was. And, like, I don't know. You don't think of him as, like, a body guy, but, like, he was, though. Yeah, like, he was. He really was. He wasn't, was like, a Luger dude, you know? But, like, mm-hmm. he was always, like, in good shape, man. Like, he yeah. always kept himself in good shape. Even you know, when he went through his troubles and stuff, he still looked good, you know, mm-hmm. which is, it's crazy. Yeah. Definitely a guy that could pull off baby face or heel, which we always say is a mark of a true great. So love it. Love seeing razor and Brett here. Macho man, like <clears throat> I said, rooting guys in, he was telling Brett to go get it openly cheering for the hit man. Um, but yeah, new generation in full effect here, you know, Bobby Heenan had so many one liners and, and even savage, or, or Jim, maybe it was Jim Ross. Felt like they were getting sick of them. Like his his uh, <laughs> early on in this match, anyway. Like Bobby was just, you know, laying them in the insults. But um, yeah. What did you guys think of the chemistry with these two? Because Razor's match with Brett at the Royal Rumble uh, earlier this year, ninety three, a forgotten classic, you could say. And then this one, in my opinion, another really really good match because there's tons of false finishes and. Some really cool stuff with, um, you know, just the way Brett eventually gets the win, which we'll talk about. But what do you guys think of their chemistry, just the way they work together? I think, I mean, it's with, it's with Brett, right? So, like, everybody looks pretty good with him. I wish it was better. You know what I mean? Mm. I wish these guys were having dream matches because, you know, like, I like both of these matches that you mentioned, the Rumble and King of the Ring. But, you know, it it is Razor and Brett, so, like, instantly. It doesn't stop me from liking it any less, you know? I, like... I'm still a mark. As soon as I see right here, Razor's music, it's like, well, let's say, you know, I'm a mark for his matches. But uh, 
you know, I thought the chemistry was good, you know, and Brett makes everybody look great. So I thought he did the same here. And I believe aren't both of these guys in your favorite top 10 all time, Frank? Oh yeah, no doubt. Top five. Yeah. Yep. Both. So you can check out that episode on yeah. No Soul to Wrestling <laughs> Podcast when we talk about our top 10 favorites of all time. So yeah, top I'm the same favorites. way. Like um you anything Razor Ramon, anything Bret Hart, I'm automatically gonna be in on. Um I thought they had good chemistry. I didn't think it was um I think honestly, sorry Frank, I think Razor and Sean had better chemistry. I think so. I think and so that too. that might be because Razor liked Sean more too. It could be <laughs> yeah. that, you know, honestly, like I mean, you don't have to get along to have good chemistry with somebody but i think it yeah. probably helps if you don't dislike the other person and you can yeah, talk yeah, about yeah. you know your stuff but i did enjoy it i thought it was good of course um i'll let you uh guide us along the match john boy yeah it's not too much honestly it's a 10 minute match 10 minutes 25 yeah. seconds but um i do want to note the crowd's reaction when razor hit his big fall away slam it was almost something like they hadn't seen before even the commentators were even though razor's been around for a little bit but this one he he threw brett pretty high in the air and he also razor did hit a running power slam bulldog style yeah in this match. i i caught that yep i'm glad you mentioned that do you ever I see him do that before or after i I did not know. Mm -hmm. I thought that was really cool, though. Frank, I got to tell you, though, every time he does that fall away slam, I think of you saying sack of, sack shit. of shit. Me too. Every <laughs> Me single too. time, man. Because he's I like, yeah, throw him sack of shit. Like, yeah. I can hear Scott Hall, but I always think of you, like, <laughs> you know, whenever he does that move. That's funny. You definitely and also uh, something like in this match that I think is pretty prevalent throughout the night. I think that these guys were treating this King of the Ring like it was a big deal. Mm -hmm. And like they were, I loved how they were like going for pins, you know, like immediately, like one after another, like later on in another match, it really was like that like competitive thing where it's like, this is a big deal. Like I have to win this King of the Ring, you know, like yeah, yeah. this is going to catapult me. And like, this was the start of that you know and i thought that was super cool in this match and like you mentioned like the crowd um popping for like a you know a fallaway slam and stuff mm -hmm. um the finishes were cool throughout the night too because i felt like you didn't see them coming so we don't want to get too far ahead but i just i did want to mention that like the it felt like these were athletic competitions that meant something 100%. They were really treating this crown, literally this crown, like a uh, big deal. And that's what it, that's all it takes sometimes to approach it with some seriousness. Um, you know, we'll talk about how, you know, if it carried through all the way till the end. But um, yeah, Bret Hart, he ends up falling on top of Razor after Razor was trying to hit a top rope suplex. So Bret falls on top of him, gets the pin, one, two, three. All of these matches, like Duke said, had very interesting finishes, very creative finishes and um, sort of unexpected. Definitely not your run of the mill, hit your finish, get out of there, yep. look strong type stuff. It was like a struggle. And, you know, Brett what, did get the win. He moves on to the second round. Uh, I want to talk about ratings. What'd you rate this match, Frank? It's an opener on the King of the Ring 93 opener. First round matchup. What do you got on this? I gave it three stars. I just enjoy it. You know, I don't think it's anything special, but it's like a fun match to me. I can watch that, you know, every time. So three stars. Yeah. Duke, what'd you rate this bad boy? 
when I rate them, there's always like some sort of scale, you know, like if this was like a WrestleMania match, it's obviously going to face like a higher, yeah. you know, scale. So like opening match in a King of the Ring tournament, you're giving me two of the greatest ever do it. That's a four out of five for me, pal. There you go. I enjoyed it. It was short, but like I get Razor Ramon and Bret Hart in the curtain jerker. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, four out of five. You Listen, I mean? and I'm like, I was battling with overrating it. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, I that happens when it's like your favorites or whatever. You know, Listen, and I didn't Frank, be, like, sometimes you keep it right down the middle. Yeah. You know, and you just gotta, <laughs> you gotta go with your brain, mm-hmm. you know, and you just gotta say what's what. That's all. So there I went go. with my brain. Boom. There you go. I'll go with my heart and my brain, I guess. I'll combine them and I'll give you a 7.5 out of 10 because I just loved seeing these guys. Yeah. That's what I I'm mean, saying. Like, yeah, yeah like I don't sometimes. Care, man. The guys being, you know, because that means something, right? Like it does. If it's Virgil, all yeah, due yeah, respect, yeah. no offense, mm-hmm. but if it's Virgil and like Akeem in the opening match, like, yeah. what does that mean? Like, as soon as two superstars are in the ring, like that means more. Yeah. So well, I and two it's... of our favorites. I mean, Akeem sure. has his uh, one or two fans. I uh, know you. He does. Uh, my you buddy know. Alex, actually, who feels the need to put a gif of Hakeem uh, <laughs> yeah. on every status that I've ever posted. Shout out to Alex. <laughs> right. So if he saw Hakeem and Virgil, he'd be glued to it, just like we are for, for this match. But, I mean, obviously, Razor and Brett are renowned superstars, fan favorites, and all that good stuff, icons. Yeah. But, come on, it's Bret Hart, Razor Ramon, like you said, yeah, opening match. I think match. we're all they, they in the same wheelhouse. Mm-hmm. Ten solid minutes, though. And, honestly, this isn't just, like, all heart. This was a good match. This was a good oh, opener. Yeah. Mm-hmm. you know and well, uh like the a, false finishes brett's a, brett's a giver it's never all brett what what brett hart squash match can you name you know like exactly yep so brett hart gets the win he's advancing to take on the winner of the next match and it was mr hughes versus mr perfect battle of the misters why else would they be in, in the match right vince oh, mcmahon man. I mean, yeah for sure <laughs> um this is a first round matchup like i said winner faces brett hart Mr. Hughes, a big intimidating force, at least by looking at him, his ring gear. I mean, Frank, do you ever fight in glass sunglasses? <laughs> yeah, dude, all the time. All the time. He's always had that whack ass ring gear, too. Like, remember yeah. when he came back randomly in like the late 90s or whatever? And it yeah, was like, Jericho. Was with? Jericho, yeah. Jericho, yeah. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. But um, yeah. Yeah, you know. Strange, uh he a uh, strange gear, but like he it's a shame because if he wore like real gear, he could look tough because he's a big old boy. You know what I mean? He actually like, did in WCW. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm just saying, like here, and it's just like it yeah. is what it is, though. But he's going with Mr. Perfect, so at least it's yeah. half cool. Yeah, no, and Mr. Hugh like spent some time in WCW. Always had this kind of look, like you said. Um, he's a guy, man. He's only 58 years old now. Like he, he's now he yeah. looks good. Actually, oh, wow. I I saw him. Um, pretty recently like he slimmed down he looks good dude i thought he was 40 years old in 1993 (laughs) he was 28 here yeah (laughs) that's crazy real quick in wcw like you mentioned like the ring gear and stuff he did wrestle as curtis hughes curtis the cat hughes i'm sure it was named after ernie ladd i would assume the cat moniker but yeah i mean he looked kind of just like another dude though you know Mm -hmm. what i mean so like i think that I didn't hate the Mr. Hughes character or gear, um, but in a King of the Ring tournament, yeah, I just felt like it didn't, you know, if you want to have him as like your 
insurance policy to quote, you know, Sean Frank's boy, um, <laughs> do that. But like, you know, you kind of knew he had no chance in this tournament, yeah. you know, and that's what you don't want. Well, this is a thing where I've started to like, as we rewatch these shows old and new, <clears> you <throat> see that there's a formula WWE specifically will follow, but all the pro wrestling, but this is like trying to get a newer guy going, trying to get a newer guy over. He was uh, come, Mr. Hughes was coming off of a thing where he kind of stole Undertaker's urn, put him down. Mm -hmm. So this is like a pure example. How many times have we seen Vince bring in guys that just, um, you know, whether it's Heidenreich or Nathan Jones oh. or Mordecai, or go down the list of guys that Vince is bringing in to try to get over and see if it sticks. And this is just the thing here. Mr. Hughes is placed in a match, King of the Ring versus Mr. Perfect. And look, there were a couple missteps in this match, but otherwise, some standard stuff. Good, I thought, despite Perfect being a step slower like than years past, he still did his best to sell for this big man, and they told mm -hmm. a good enough story. Um, Duke, we got a split-screen Bret Hart talking about who he'd rather face, and he does say Mr. Perfect. I think it's just that at one point he just says, because I like him better. You yeah, know? <laughs> at the end. And, and maybe because I Respect just like him. him a little better. Yeah. Yeah, I loved it. I loved the split screen with Brett. Let me ask you guys something, though. So if uh, we don't want to spoil the match just yet, but like, let's say Mr. Hughes goes on and becomes king of the ring. <sighs> is he is he king Mr. Hughes? Is he king Hughes? Is Mr. he king Mr. Hughes. King Hughes? Like, which one? Like, does he just drop the... Mm. Is he King Hughes? Is that what happens? I think so. You got to drop the Mr. Right. Mr. Yeah. Because I was really, like, certain. confused by that. Yeah, King Hughes. Yeah. King Hughes, I like it. Yeah, no. Well, he didn't get the job done. I'm going to just talk oh, about it now. Okay. Listen, he recently, like I said, Mr. Hughes recently stole this urn from The Undertaker, and he actually uses it to hit Mr. Perfect, causing it a DQ. Very careless on the part of Mr. Hughes. Um, I mean, it was only six minutes long. That's why we didn't go too much into detail here. Like I said, Perfect was doing his best here. And Hughes wasn't bad. It was just his, I guess, his gimmick, his character was to be this kind of like sort of slower menacing mm. you know big man if you will and uh he's disqualified and obviously being king was not high on mr hughes list because he didn't care about that crown he just cared about you know destroying mr perfect's head with that urn he might have forgotten at some point you know he mm. might have forgot the rules of the, the rules maybe he thought it, yeah maybe he thought it was a hardcore match because <laughs> they did a lot of those back in 93 you know, like... right in front of the ref didn't yeah, waiting right in front of us. Didn't care. Everybody, man. everybody forgets sometimes. Yeah, we're gonna talk more about Mr. Perfect. That's why I figured we would, uh, you know, get through this match six minutes. So Bret Hart, Mr. Perfect is gonna be set for round two. But what do you guys rate this Mr. Hughes, Mr. Perfect match? Give me your scale. Give me your rating, uh, Frank. This one, you know, love Perfect. He tried his best. Mr. Hughes, just not that guy. You know what I mean? And it was very short. I gave it 1.75 stars. It's no disrespect. <laughs> I thought it was it was it was fine for what it was. It was a six minute match with perfect trying to guide this big guy through a match. You know what I mean? So it is what it is. It's kind of shameful to give perfect such a low grade, but you know, that's what it called for. Duke, uh, what was your rating on this match? I just thought it was an average match, so I just gave it a 2.5. Right in the middle. Yeah, yeah, I feel you. I'm a little lower, 3.9, just because it was a bit short. But you think about the roster at this time in 1993. 
it really wasn't stacked, man. Like I, I, I was trying to look around to see who you could have put in there with perfect to look, you could have got a nice technical first round match with a guy like Marty Jannetty, who was still on the roster. Yeah. It would have been a nice, really, really good match in the, in the ring. But, um, Jannetty stock was down at the time and, uh, you know, Bob Backlund was floating around, but it was, it was kind of an interesting, uh, roster back then. We'll talk about it as we go through it. You but... could, I mean, you could have done, I mean, it would have taken away from, a match later i mean you could have done a couple things you could have thrown crush in mm -hmm. you could have thrown sean in you mm -hmm. could have thrown like scott steiner in mm -hmm. who could work you know oh, um yeah. you could have you could have thrown in yeah. irs dibiase you know i know they were doing their thing but like if that's the case that whole match didn't have to happen i, I don't want exactly to that's what i'm saying like, so like even be on the exactly card, you, know? <laughs> you could have just had let's say you take scott steiner so you take the smoking guns and have them face one of those teams. Yeah. Or you take IRS or DiBiase, you have the head shrinkers fight the Steiners or the smoking guns, you know, like, but so yeah. So imagine a, 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 maybe a baby face, Mr. Perfect versus a heel Ted DiBiase would have been really fun for old time's oh, sake. Oh my goodness. Hell yeah. So Absolutely. you just came up with a good one there. Um, but yeah, we'll get to it later. Comments from Mr. Fuji and Yoko. They're going to end Hulkamania once and for all tonight. That's from their mouth mm -hmm. to to the Lord above. So we'll see if that comes true. Another first round match, Hacksaw Jim Duggan, Bam Bam Bigelow, two two very large men here because uh, Hacksaw, as we were talking earlier, Frank. Oh, no. I mean, it was it uh, a mirage or was he just as big as old Bammer in this yeah, match? Yeah, I text Tucci was like, I'm watching Bammer and uh, Hacksaw, and I was like, it's tripping me out because Hacksaw's bigger than him. You know what I mean? Like, he's like, he looked bigger than Bam Bam to me. Started, he's eating good, man. It's crazy. I was just like, you know, because I think of Bam Bam as a big guy. Yeah. You know, like one of the big men of wrestling. And I don't yep. think of Hacksaw that way. You know what I mean? No. And it's just crazy how we do that with certain dudes. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, we think of Wardlow as a big guy, but then, like, <laughs> he's the same size as, like, Max Castor, who we don't think is it. You know what I'm saying? Right, and it's like, right. that happens. Yeah. And it's like, it's I, I just was like, it kind of like messed my head up when I saw Hacksaw in there locking up with him. I'm like, dude, is he bigger than Bam and Bigelow? My whole life was. No, like, but I agreed. It was tripping me out. And I suggested maybe Duke. This I love Singlet Hacksaw, by the way. Oh, yeah. I don't I know, know how you feel about it. Do you Are you in on Singlet? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Because I thought maybe I that was yeah. way cooler. I yeah. have like yeah, a okay. weird, like, um love for him and Sean's little thing. And like that's when he was wearing the singlet. Like I, ha I love that little, you know, whatever two week feud that they had, and he was rocking the singlet at that time. So yeah, I'm in on the singlet Hacksaw. I love Hacksaw, yeah. dude. Like I do, any form of him. Like I always enjoy Hacksaw. Um, you know, whether it's UWF, like badass Hacksaw, or this lovable USA guy. Like I always love Hacksaw, so it's always enjoyable for me to see him. I've been seeing more and more UWF Hacksaw as I get older. And that that Duggan is starkly different than this, oh, this yeah. one. And I and I do like that UWF Hacksaw. I was never a fan of this Hacksaw Jim Duggan, like the mm. uh two by four wielding. Like mm -hmm. I thought he was kind of funny when I was a kid. Like like uh I would laugh like kind of laugh at him. Yeah, yeah. Like a a wrestling album. And I'm sure you mm -hmm. remember it, Duke. Yeah. And he had like a song on there and he's just like it was silly, but it was around this time. But um Listen, I, I mean, he's a legend. I, I mean, I love him now, retrospectively. Of mm -hmm. course, it's like, you know, warm, warms my heart to see him out there. He wasn't like any, 
of my favorites, but I always did enjoy him, you know, and like, yeah, like he was funny. So like as a kid, like I'm like, oh, yeah, this guy's fun, you know, like he's not my favorite, but I think he's cool. And he's, you know, it was the 80s, you know, he's waving the U.S. flag like patriotism was at an all time high. Like he would always fight like the big bad dudes, like always, man. Hacksaw fought like one man gang, Akeem, the boss man, Andre, like he was like and you felt like he had a chance, too. So. Yeah, and another guy here, he's fighting Bam Bam Bigelow. Bam Bam existed in so many eras of the WWF. <laughs> it's just like a head scratcher. He pops up so often, but it's crazy. He never really excelled all the way up to the card to be a main event player yeah, with mm-hmm. all those years in. When guys like, you know, you know the good old Seamus reference here on No Sold or The <laughs> Miz or Kofi or Biggie. Fill in the blank. You're there a while. You finally get a shot at something. Bam Bam no. was never able to really do. I, although he did main event at WrestleMania, I guess you. Bam could say. Bam did have like stop and goes though too. Right. Like, That's he, what I mean. would, he was, he was there. He would leave, yeah. but he did have a really like interesting career. Former ECW champion. <laughs> yeah. You know, like very like strange career. Like you know, after when it was all said and done, he went to WCW. You know, he mm-hmm. like challenged Goldberg and then he was the hardcore champion there and very WCW cool run tag there team with, uh, like, Yeah, no, for like sure. Like DDP and when yeah. he got mixed up with Goldberg. I like that yeah. stuff. Yep. Canyon. No, it, it's just very interesting. He had a very interesting career. Yeah. Um, so Duggan does try to slam, you know, Bammer a couple times. Failed fail he fails, but he finally gets it done. Crowd reacts pretty strong to his big body slam. Uh, this is only a five-minute match, so I'm, I'm just going to kind of go for the end here. Wow. Because Hacksaw, yeah, Hacksaw goes for the big tackle. He misses yep. very big-time miss, hits his head on the turnbuckle. That's a bam. good job, though, of hitting his head. Like, he makes yeah. sure he hits that head. He sure did hit that head. Yep. And uh, Bammer heads to the top, hits a big headbutt, and he's going on the round, too. Frank, what did you think? Because uh, you you said, well, I don't know how you enjoyed this match because I know you were watching it at this time yeah. when we were texting earlier. What you end up thinking this match? I mean, not much. It is what it is. Two big men going at it. It's only a few minutes long. I gave it one and a half stars. Okay. Don't dislike either guy. I mean, I'm not necessarily tuning in to watch Jim Duggan matches ever, but I got love for him. Met him as well. Very friendly. Took a shot at my boy Razor, kind of, but no, I'm not holding it against him. Oh, wow. Um, did he? A little bit. Little. He just made a sarcastic remark about him. You know what I mean? And I was just like, hmm, all right. You want to share that? No, nah, it's all right. But, you know, but Bam Bam, I love Bammer. So, you know, it's, it's always cool to see him. And, um, yeah, one and a half. It is what it is. You know what's interesting? Oh, sorry. Um, I want to just say real quick. One and a half stars you gave it. Is that what you said, Frank? Mm-hmm. Okay, I wanted to say, um, you know, we did just have Iron Sheik pass away, sadly. But uh, I always got tripped up when I was younger because, like, I was too young to understand it. But someone spoiled the whole, or like, he's trying to explain to me like how Hacksaw and Iron Sheik were pulled over together oh, in the same man. car. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I'm like, that can't be, you know? Like That's how? Funny. And it, it was true, you know, busted yep. together for uh, smoking. Dead. Kayfabe was dead. The devil's lettuce. <laughs> the devil's lettuce. I was going to say that. That's weird. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, but um, listen, Terry Taylor, he's now a uh, backstage, I guess yeah, you could say. Yeah, how about that? I know. A backstage uh, interviewer, we'll call it. Yeah. That's just his gig man. now. Man, a man of like many jobs in wrestling. 
<laughs> he's yep. done it all, uh, Mr. Terry Taylor. But he's with the Smoking Guns and Steiner Brothers, a match that we're building up towards you know, later on. It's going to be a big eight, man. Young Billy still going strong today, Billy Gunn. And uh, that tripped like me month- out seeing him. I was like, this is Billy 30 years ago, and he's on a yep. pay-per-view still. You know, it's like, it's crazy. You saw him on the, what was it, 1989 or yeah, something? Didn't you send us yeah. that? Yeah. yeah, yeah, against the Road Warriors. Against the Road Warriors, yeah. Which is every nice. decade. Uh, John 80s, Boy. 90s, yeah. John Boy, real quick before we move on. Yeah, oh, I'm sorry, us... we got to rate these matches. Sorry. We sure do. Duke, what do you got on this? Uh, it was Hacksaw, Jim Duggan, and Bam Bam Bigelow. Didn't mean to skip ahead. That's uh, amateur you, hour right it's, here for me. It's just because you, you're ready to rock and roll and move well, on. Well, I was I wanted I to think. talk about Billy Gunn. You know I'm a fan. Oh, that's true. <laughs> this man had a Billy Gunn shirt made for himself before it was even ever readily available from the WWE, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. I did. Um, yeah, another, another average match. I just gave it a 2.5. I just thought it was an average match, but I enjoyed it a lot. Like, um, Bam Bam's finisher looked super pretty to me like yeah. that headbutt was like really nice looking so yeah i'm with, the- i'm actually with you the, the, exactly because i'm a five out of ten and i gave this a little bit better than mr hughes and mr perfect just because like it was much better than i thought or much better than i remembered and these two big men i know you got like frank you're not a huge fan of the big man matches yeah. but this is one of the bet like as far as bam bam i don't even consider him truly like a big because he's so agile and fun to watch you know mm-hmm. so he carried it for me five out of ten for me also um, bam bam bigelow one of our boy brett's all-time favorite top 10 bam bam bigelow shout out to brett yep. yes and bam bam and doing research really? for this oh man did he have he had glowing remarks for brett hart and in his one of his final interviews before he passed mm. um he was talking about their mat well we'll talk about it at the end bam bam really putting over brett hart though and um, brett actually always gave love to bam bam as well it's cool yeah so first round continues we got the narcissist lex luger versus tatanka two undefeated men going at it here something has to give one of them's got to go down you would think uh luger's out with the giant mirror admiring himself you know checking himself <laughs> out he's been knocking people out with the steel plate in his forearm so he's frank he's being forced to wear an elbow pad that's probably like as thin as paper, which is supposed to, <laughs> yeah, yeah, for, like help protect Nullify. people. Yeah, exactly. Nullify the effects of the. I did think it was plate. cool though in the beginning how he like held his thing up and you could see that the little like he kept doing it. Yeah, like yeah. he kept like doing that. I thought that was cool. He's not happy about it at all. This these people making forcing him to wear this protective. I don't. Cover. I don't really think it was fair. It's a part of his body. You know, like, <laughs> can't you going to tell him to cover it up? Like, that's not fair. It's funny. But Tatanka comes in running in hot. He's trying to get this fight going. Tips over the mirror. We're, winner of this is going to face Bam Bam in round two. So, uh, you know, we'll see who that man, man might be. But Bam Bam chimes in and he says he wants to get his hands on the Indian. So he's got his uh, choice. Those Jeez. are Bam Bam's words. Fighting words, someone said. <laughs> Uh, Bam Bam Bigelow, another split screen. But um, so we got a 15-minute time limit in this first round, I should mention. It changes in the second round. It goes up to a half-hour time limit. But for this one and this first round, we get 15 minutes. And uh, I thought that was cool, by the way. Yeah, yeah. how they change it up. Yep. Mm-hmm. Like, once again, like things that make sense. Remember yeah, when it was like a real that? tournament or yep. playoff or something. You know what yep. I mean? Like, 
this whole tournament felt like a, a realistic approach to a a tournament you know like it's like amazing what they like get i done. said when the guys were going for pins and stuff like like immediately after the other like a guy puts their foot on the rope they take it off the rope and they go for a pin again like they really treated it as if it was like a big thing which is crazy right in the fake world of pro wrestling like <laughs> yeah a lot can be act done like it you... means something yeah well, yeah when you act like it means something but uh yep so Tatanka, he had a cross body that took Luger down. Luger had him in a chin lock for what seemed like forever. Eventually, Tatanka hit a couple knife edge chops. But uh, once he tried the, the same move from the top, Luger brushed him off. There was a clothesline by Lex. Bottom line, this went 15 minutes. I could go move for move, but the, the time limit expired. So both wrestlers are eliminated from the tournament. That's the way it goes down in the King of the Ring, apparently. And as a result, Bam Bam gets a buy into a fine into the final round, and they just cannot help themselves because Duke WrestleMania four, they really muddied that tournament up <laughs> with all the, you know, advancements and yep, they just can't help themselves. It seems like they do this every tournament. Yeah, I can't. Can you guys recall like a tournament that you were excited for that actually lived up to the hype in the WWF? <sighs> Not like I don't think there's ever been one, no, man. Yeah. You know, like but we continue remember... to love the idea of it, right? Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, but like, time. remember like the deadly game, mm-hmm. you know, like because although that was corny because they did it at Survivor Series and they stopped doing like team matches, but I remember those brackets and being like, Oh man, like this could be super cool. Like we, we were could hyped. get Austin and the rock, you know, and yeah, the five yeah, yeah, wrong, yeah. wrong. <laughs> we were hyped, usual. Bro. And yeah. how many double count outs did they get or quick, you know, because boss man roll, uh, oh, rock God. rolling up boss man. They just yep. like, they just shit it up the whole tournament. And yeah. Um, and like, I think that we had, you know, we had one in this. Um, the other thing they did was just make the matches very short, which is understandable. Mm-hmm. You know, these guys can't wrestle sure. all night. But um, yeah, I mean, it would have been obviously cool. We could have had, again, like really cool matchups, but. It is what it is. They wanted to get where they wanted to get to. Um, I do think it was interesting after the time limit went, um, because I'm a Lex Luger fan. And like at this time, Lex came from WCW and I always liked Lex Luger. So like I was kind of sad that he was like a bad guy at this time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So like after the match, he's like, I think we want five more minutes. And he's like, playing to the crowd the place yeah pops. it was weird like yeah. they're with them you know and then of course he does the villainous thing and pearl harbor jobs to quote uh gorilla monsoon he takes them out <laughs> yeah um so like sends uh tatanka out scalping tickets after that <laughs> so it was like it was interesting though i wonder if vince like saw that you know and that reaction he's like oh maybe luger you know, like yeah, because he... you know Vince didn't watch WCW, knowing that Luger or NWA, knowing that Luger was actually an over babyface, capable of being an over babyface. Yeah, I heard he's know? full of himself. We'll call him a narcissist, pal. Right. Mm. You know, so like, so that little Luger, uh, but... by the way, jacked in this. Oh match. yeah, holy smokes, always was, dude. But he's like gassed in this one. I feel like yeah. he's really like he's like thick. He's... Yeah, dude. But this like, time limit draw because he had like that bloated with look, you know what I mean? Like where they're like puffy almost, yeah, a yeah. Bit, but but still yep. crazy jacked. Yeah. 
Yeah, but this time limit draw, protecting both competitors as as wrestling likes to do. Both men were undefeated, but robbing the fans of a full tournament, which, uh, like we said, is often the case. Luger, um, I guess, yeah. Well, he he's not too long after this. He becomes Mr. You know, All-American Lex Luger. But uh, for now, Tatanka and him eliminated. So Bam Bam going to the finals. Frank, what'd you rate this match? So Duke mentioned how the crowd was all about it for when Luger was like five more minutes. And I was like, please, God, yeah. no, no more. <laughs> oh, really? You know what wow. I mean? Yeah, no, I was oh, not. Man. Dude, I was not. Yeah. I couldn't wait for the match to be over. I don't wow. know if I'm just being a hater. And like when I gave it, so my grade for the match is one and a half stars. Woo. Right? That would be a three on John Boy's scale. So is it safe to say you're not a fan of either of these guys? Not really a fan of either of them. I don't dislike them, though. You know what I mean? But, uh-huh. like, Luger, I never – I can never really do Luger besides when I was, like, a young kid and seeing him slam Yoko or whatever. Beyond mm-hmm. that, I was, like, not a Luger guy. Hmm. That said, I just – I thought this match was boring, man. Like, and it was so, and it was the longest one. That's, and I think that didn't help. If it would have been five or six minutes like the others, I wouldn't have been so harsh, I guess. But fifteen minutes of Tonka <laughs> like prancing around and Luger posing and talking, I was just like, dude, this, this is so boring to me. So yeah, that's ultimately I like when I was grading it, I was like, man, they did fifteen minutes, and I'm gonna give it one and a half stars. But it was like ultimately, that's how I felt. I couldn't get wow. behind it. It's fair. Well. I am a Lex Luger fan. Yeah. And that's going to reflect because I'm also a Tatanka fan. I believe, uh, was it just Tatanka's birthday? Yes, yeah, it was. It was recently, yeah. yeah. Shout out. Happy birthday, Tatanka. Um, nice guy. I, I gave this a, you yeah, met I met him as well. Yeah, I sent you the picture, pal. Uh, mm-hmm. I actually asked you to go that day, but you couldn't or you were just bitching. Probably anyway, bitching. probably. <laughs> 3.5 for me. Love um, Lex Luger. Love Tatanka. I enjoyed it. I thought the energy in the match was cool. I like the after, you know, Luger getting that little pop. Again, mm. this is like when I watch this stuff and it brings a smile to my face, I'm like, this is getting a good rating. You know, yeah. like I, I, I enjoyed like all throughout so far. I enjoyed every match except for like Perfect and Hughes, but I still got to see Mr. Perfect. Yeah, so, exactly. That's how I felt. And this one, I'm with you a little less than 5.1 out of 10, 5.1 out of 10. I'm, I'm a little bit in the middle. So I, I liked it less than Duke for sure. But um, I, I agree with you, Frank, as far as like, I don't think uh, I would say boring. I guess that's the, the word I would use is like flat. Uh, I don't know yeah. if these styles work together and I'm, I'm with you on Luger. We recently reviewed, uh, well, like actually back in the archives by now, but what did we watch? I think it was like Halloween Havoc 97. One of those where it was Luger and Bagwell and the match. Went oh, on. yeah forever mm-hmm. yeah and it was the same type of situation where i just you know it was nothing I just, I, to it. I can't do long luger matches i don't think you know exactly well, not like, certainly not one with the same guy you yeah. know like yeah, yeah yeah luger and buff are the same guy right yeah, exactly they right, need yeah. they need the guy exactly. to mm-hmm. make them look good and you know that's bad booking you know yeah. like, and i love to talk or whatever I, I love Tatanka. I love the gimmick. I think oh, he always looked really cool. He looks oh, great. Yeah. Um, but there, the truth be told, Chris Chavez, you know, I don't know how many Tatanka matches I have in my, you know, in my exactly. mind. Where That's all I'm it like, is with me oh. with Tatanka. Yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. But yeah, I, no. I don't think it's always about matches, you know? For sure. No, but like we're talking about we're rating the matches here. Yeah, yeah, so. for sure. But he's still the character that you like. Sorry. I'll shut no, up. Um, the no, character no, right. that you like is in the match, you know? So, like, that, obviously, you're going to enjoy it more. 
No, it means something. You asked me recently, would I rather watch 10 hours of Jake the Snake Roberts oh, right. or yep. who was the other guy? Like a, like a Chris Benoit, I think it was, or someone. It wasn't Benoit. I think it was like Eddie, maybe. We were talking about... Oh, it might have been Eddie. So we were talking about greatest in-ring performers. And like, again, you get into the subjective thing, you know, because mm. it's like John would rather watch Jake the Snake than like, you know, a technician, for example, you know, like, because that's the style that he likes. And that's fair, you know? Yeah, that's what you're saying here, seeing the character. So, yeah, it was, you know, it was what it was. <clears throat> 5.1 out of 10 for me. Both men eliminated. Styles make fights. This wasn't the best mix for me. But no, um, yeah. Duke, Duke, uh, I'm glad I'm glad you got like a little bit more enjoyment out of this one. This was uh, the night of. You know, this was the night of the man. This was the the night of the excellence of execution because Bret Hart was shining bright on this pay-per-view. Bret Hart and Mr. Perfect, round two is about to begin. They're kicking it off. And Jim Ross, an amazing reference to the 1993 NBA Finals, Air Jordan was taking on Sir Charles Barkley at yep. this very moment in 1993. And JR made the comparison that... Jordan and Barkley are like Sean, uh, like Brett and Perfect. Which one is which? It's funny because it's funny because that's really a good comparison. It is, yeah. You know, like Mister Perfect, like never got to that. Mm -hmm. It's really a good comparison when you think about it. He didn't know it at the time, but it was perfect. Yeah, like Mm -hmm. because you know Charles, we love Charles, obviously. Um, still love Charles. Him and Shaq are hilarious. Still, mm-hmm. I just watched Shaq's Hot Ones recently. Uh, I love again. that one, bro. That is the that is the funniest thing on TV or YouTube <laughs> or whatever. Um, anyway, you know Charles made it to the finals. You know, yeah. Mister Perfect got the IC title. You know, there's like a ceiling for him, and is then true? there's Jordan. You know, six of them. And then there's Brett, five of them, you know, like at the end of it, every accolade, you know, every title. So, yeah, it was super cool, actually. I'm glad you mentioned that. I love that uh, beginning, and I love this match. I I love these two guys. Um, I didn't mention real quick their exchange in the backstage with Mean Gene. Ah, so good. Because Mean Gene was stirring the pot, like – Brett was kind of He was getting Brett flustered, yeah. He was getting Brett flustered in there, you know. He was just like – what do you think about that? I do their, think, uh, however, though, don't you think Brett was pretty quick witted, though? Like, yeah, no, he handled with it his well. responses. Like, okay. you know, Mr. Perfect's like, you know, I'm Mr. Perfect. All I do is win. And he's like, well, you didn't win at SummerSlam, you know, <laughs> yeah, kind of yeah. like almost under his breath. So I thought he did, like, you know, he showed some own. personality there. I yeah, thought so yeah. too. I, I mean, it, and it was good. How about the my father beat your father every time they fought? Love it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Love it. Yeah. And Henning didn't like that. He's like, you, your father never beat my father. He never yep. could. Looked like it actually like irritated <laughs> yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They were like that was the very... one thing that irritated Henning. Perfect. Yeah, it was. It was very. It was very entertaining for yeah, sure. Cool, and you man. mentioned like um, this being prime Brett. I actually disagree. I don't think this is prime Brett. Mm. A couple years it's, later, really. I think it's Brett getting, mm-hmm. getting there. Oh, you know, really? like yeah, I love Brett, but. I'll tell you, in this match, there's one thing I'm like, Brett, mm-mm. Like, oh, my God, some... I can't wait to yeah. hear it. Yeah. Well, um, what's your prime Brett then? Like 95, 96? I think right. No I, th- no, I think right after this. I think as soon as he 
you know, gets the title again, you know, and he starts to, you know, face um, the kid. And, you know, unfortunately, he didn't have a lot of great opponents at that time. But yeah. I do think that like the following year, I feel I feel like he, you know, sometimes these guys get it when they're not ready for it. Mm-hmm. And um, I think I love Brett. You guys know this. And he's obviously fantastic in all three matches throughout the night but um like i do think this is not prime brett yet i think that his promos come a long way after this and i think that his style even as we get into the match i'll bring something up and you guys can go back and take a look if you care to but i was like "Eh, i don't know brett i'm interested have done this a little differently i'm very interested mr perfect's out for revenge from SummerSlam 91 they really WWF respected their history back then. They didn't care. They didn't mind alluding that? to previous years and and events and stuff like that. And uh, right off the bat, Frank, wonderful chain wrestling between these two guys. Even Bobby Heenan's acknowledging the crispness and technique. Um, these are two of your favorites as well. Just like all three of us have Mr. Perfect in our 10 to 12 to 15 favorite spreads. Obviously, yeah. our number one or two. Um, what do you think of their chemistry the second time around at least on the big stage because they fought many times but SummerSlam 91 the big one and then this one dude like I think like I think the chemistry is great and like I have a tough time going back and forth like on which match I like more you know between Mm -hmm. like the big one SummerSlam or this um ultimately I think I do prefer the SummerSlam match I don't know what about i just think it it just felt more i don't know important i guess you know to me so like the the importance that like or that what was at stake as much as we were saying the king of the ring felt important here and it did um i just think that's what put the SummerSlam one above it but uh i love this match i mean first of all both guys two of the best that ever did it it's like they didn't miss a step it was like in boxing they say it's like round 13 or whatever you know like if uh if a championship fight is you know continuing past the 12 rounds um that's what this felt like to me and it was like another classic and i think it's the best match on the show by like a mile mm-hmm. and uh i don't know you know it was just it was just very good it made me like you know it's early in the morning when i watch most of my stuff especially this wrestling so it's like it made me put like like my phone down and like mm-hmm. like watch these guys like okay this is like a championship fight type of thing you know so no i was very into it that's cool to hear and i'm with you on the struggle, what's better, SummerSlam 91 or this? I think you kind of kind of said it. Like, if you put the Intercontinental title on the line in this match right here, yeah, it's probably better, at least for my yeah. liking, um, because it's just so good. There's a 30-minute time limit this time around, like we mentioned. And, Duke, Mr. Perfect got – he got aggressive in this one because, like, there was a lot at stake, and their styles were um, so – they were just so gifted in the ring, both of them. But why don't you tell me now, what was the uh, – the moment where you were saying Brett could have did it differently. Well, we're going to talk about this match for two hours, right? Because I got yeah. a lot to say. I got some. I got some notes on this for sure. Right. But what do you got? Um, real quick about the one little thing that bothered me—not bothered me, but I was like, so I don't know if you guys remember. Um, Perfect's on top, you know, and uh, he hits a top rope drop kick, which I never saw him do. I thought that was awesome. And then awkward, he goes but back. awesome, right? Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah. Um, kind of like a missile drop kick, like uh, mm-hmm. you know, definitely awkward, but it was still 
I appreciate that he pulled out different stuff. You know, mm -hmm. I thought that was neat. And then he goes up to the ropes again, and then Brett hits him, and he drops down. You know, he, he hits his midsection. Did you guys remember that part? Yep. So he, he splits on the um mm -hmm. the turnbuckle, and he makes, like, the cell job is fantastic. Number one, the, the camera doesn't catch the cell job, which is... I mean, now it's so overdone in wrestling, you know, because they always go up mm -hmm. close. Like, it'll be one, two, and then the, like, they can't believe that they, they kicked overact out. it now. Yeah, yeah. But I do think the camera should have caught it more because Perfect sells his ass off. And then Brett doesn't give him any time to sell. He just jumps right up and suplexes him. He gives mm -hmm. him a superplex like immediately after. I'm just like, just take five seconds. Yeah. Like his perfect selling what you just did to him. This is why I say, like, I think Brett was a little, he was a little too fast. You know what I mean? Like, let the crowd yeah. absorb it, absorb it, excuse me. Um, Just little things, you know, that I think he got better at. But yeah, you know, it goes to fear saying like that he wasn't in his prime yet. I agree. Yeah. You know, because like by 95, hmm. all that's fine tuned. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? You know, yeah, like... for sure. And it's funny because you guys are talking about like comparing these matches and like previous to rewatching this, I'm like, that's a joke. Like, how can you compare that to? Yeah, I said this to you recently. Because I think I have such like a great memory of that match. And um, this match is as good as that match is, man. Like, yeah. it's yep. really good. And like, you mentioned, John, like how they acknowledged history, like perfect being like, I'm going to I'm going to get my payback, dude. Like it's yeah, coming yeah. like once again, treating it seriously, you know, like these are two like also spoilers. It's my number one versus my number 10 all time favorites. Yeah. You know, and like I'm, of course, glued to the television. But like you said, Frank, like, no phone. Nope. I don't give a fuck. I'm going to put my phone down. I'm put my coffee down like mm -hmm. I need to watch this like they it was all there for me, man. Like I love this, and like I'm, I have to watch ninety one again because mm -hmm. I'm like, this is probably better. Like it's crazy. Mm -hmm. I'm with but you. It it might it might be, surpass dude. it, dude. It really it might, might on a rewatch. Because like yeah, like the second time, who would have thought? You know, but like it is. I th I think maybe with that story now that's there, you know, and then like the dads, you know, that both of these guys' dads are. I mean, legendary. I mean, right. Stu mm -hmm. Hart, like we talked about superstar Billy Graham last week, trained by Stu Hart. Stu Hart has had such an impact on the sport of professional wrestling, sports entertainment, call it what you will. And then obviously Larry the Axe Hennig, one of the toughest dudes ever laced boots. <laughs> like, yeah, such a great story. I mean, the crowd was into it. They were so crisp. They have such great chemistry such love for each other such respect for each other like 100 yeah, you could really see like i mean i won't get too far ahead i'll let you go ahead into the match more but loved it absolutely loved it nice no i'm glad because i feel like it surpassed it for me as well but i do want to talk about the spot where brett was thrown from the ring apron to the guardrail taking some abuse Bret hart's like going through the ringer here and we're going to talk about it more as we get towards the end of the, the show because Brett, you know, he, he, he's definitely feeling uh, a lots of aches and pains. I'm sure the next day, but you know, this match 
among others with Bret Hart really makes makes me feel silly or look silly or think about it because this is what I was talking about when with Frank like man I'm watching this and we just had our goat list debate and this is where like Bret Hart it serves as a constant reminder like why he is the best in that ring forget all the accolades or championships or or star power or any of that like there's nobody better in the ring than Bret Hart and Mr. Perfect an amazing amazing compliment to his style and to him it's a shame we never got them like on a Wrestlemania stage mm-hmm. or like the third match of the trilogy if they were thinking that far ahead back then like they do now you know but Frank Duke and I Duke especially like hypothesizes Macho Man winning the 93 King of the Ring going to Wrestlemania 9 facing Bret Hart for the world title let me flip it for a minute because Mr. Perfect fought the narcissist at Wrestlemania 9 what if what if you know I know he was kind of like tailing off but Mr. Perfect finally got a chance to win the Royal Rumble 93 main of like what was the champion or you know facing Bret Hart in the main event of Wrestlemania 9 like what could you imagine like Mr. Perfect WWF champion versus Bret Hart the challenger on the main event of a Wrestlemania I wish man I wish, unfortunately, like I never felt like that was ever going to be a thing in that company. You know what I mean? Like whether it was Hogan being a top guy when Perfect was like a top heel or Perfect slowing down and then moving on to like guys like Brett, you know what I mean? And it was like he still had great matches with them, clearly, like we're saying, but just was never meant to be. It's a shame because that would have been so sick, so sick. Yeah, I think Perfect is a world champion. Like, listen, we always talk about Scott Hall, like getting Mm. a world title and certain guys, but like Perfect is like, I think the true number one guy, right? Mm-hmm. Get the world title. Interesting. And like, we'll probably do a whole, whole episode on this one day, but you know, like, well, if you remember we about realized, it, it's, we it's, it's been so long. We've done one yeah. memorable. Yeah, didn't right, we do? Right. Um, and they were rising like early days. Yeah. Yeah. They were both on the list. Yeah. Right. At like the they top. were never world champion was, uh, yep. I yep. believe That's a, right. uh, a topic we did, it's which funny. is crazy. We already did that time. Yeah, and perfect was the talk of the town. DiBiase, guys like that, Jake Hall, Razor. But uh, you're right, perfect. Look, dude, there was a lots of drama in this match. Bret Hart locked on a figure four, which was, you know, I mean, not always in his repertoire. (laughs) Yeah, this at this time. But um, Machi even called it a sharpshooter. He was like, he's put in a sharpshooter. (laughs) There's like, oh, it's a figure four. (laughs) Yeah, swerve them. Well, once again, I think that was cool about this like no sharpshooter yeah once again like exactly dude what what a cool like and who thought of that you know like who would bret hart was yeah, it man, bret do you think I feel like i think it was bret hart. or do you think it was like a guy like pat patterson or somebody like behind you know like being yeah. like hey bret maybe you know tonight you know maybe it was vince you know i would yeah. love to hear that i would love yeah. to hear that's a great like, question you know, who question. who was like, let's do something different. Like, imagine Stone Cold Steve Austin winning King of the Ring, not using the stunner. Right. Yeah. Or imagine the stunner wasn't that crazy. Then, but like, yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I just thought that was so cool, like, that he didn't even use it. It's like Steph Curry saying, I'm not going to shoot a three tonight and I'm going to beat them. Right. Like, yeah. it would like, you know, like that's just so different, creative. And I, that's yep. a great question. Like, I wonder who came up with that because uh, as we'll see, as the time goes on in this tournament, Bret Hart, you know, um, 
and others, you know, they don't win with their finish. But Bobby Heenan reluctantly giving both of these guys their props. Yeah. It was just so cool to hear him. Like he wasn't able to deny their greatness. He was just he like, even right. says like I think he even says like that's the greatest match I've ever seen or something yeah, like that. Says, like mm-hmm. towards the end, yeah. And Savage at one point says something like, "These are two of the toughest wrestlers of all time." And he's like, "No, these yep. are two of the toughest men, toughest in the world. men on the planet, yeah, or something like that." I mean, yeah. Savage always, he always like, um, even when Brett like early on, I felt like Mach would put him over like totally crazy. You know what I mean? Like, um, I really feel like there was a, a lot of respect there. I don't know anything, um, obviously, but like Mach. You know, because he would always compliment the good guys and stuff like that. But Brett, I just always felt like he had like a lot of love for, you know, he did. He did not mind putting Brett over at all. No. Um, they had some nods to their match at SummerSlam where Brett takes perfect by the hair, throws him into the post and, you know, kind of crotches him. Also kicking perfect's knee out of his knee. You know, at one point, uh, that's such a, a great spot. Like, that's such a great spot. And that's all mm-hmm. perfect. All perfect, selling his ass off. Suplex takes both men over the top rope to the outside. They're teasing a that double was count out. Awesome, by the yeah. way. Bro, I'm watching this. I'm like, you can put this on AEW Dynamite this Wednesday, and the fans will eat this shit up. Oh, yeah. 100%. Timeless match. Timeless, yep. timeless, timeless match. Uh, Brett counters an inside cradle into his own and gets to one, two, three. Bret Hart advances. Bret Hart beats Mr. Perfect. For the second Perfect time. shoulder was not on that mat, and that bothers me a lot. <laughs> Did you guys catch that? I didn't catch that, dude. Don't ruin that for me because Bro. I got a problem with the ending of the SummerSlam 91 match because Earl calls for the bell too soon when he's in the sharpshooter. Like, yeah. Perfect never shakes his head, and Be- yeah, Earl's yeah. already ringing the bell. So now you're telling well, me. Well, you didn't hear him. You didn't hear him. He said, I can't take him anymore. Verbal he's way too yeah, tough for me. Okay, verbal tap. I got his you. dad's tougher than me. I give up. You didn't hear <laughs> Yeah. Nah, man, I didn't say, see the the shoulder. Yeah, if you if you and if you notice, they don't they don't show a replay either. Oh, funny. Mm. Yep. And I was like, damn. But I want to say, awesome. that, yeah, it's awesome. And the sound the sound of the mat was different then when they would hit the like the one two three like the way the the, the mat sounded. You know, the commentary, Brett's music hitting, the handshake after the match between it all. Awesome, fantastic. But amazing. not just the handshake, the whole like Hennig goes to the you know the outside he's complaining he's mm-hmm. like you know that's bogus he's yelling at the ref so like it's not just a handshake because there's a whole story still you know Fair. like yeah yeah and then he gets in the ring and then finally he's like all right man he's like you got it you know and it's a very reluctant handshake a little you know slap on the back and then he's out of there you know but once again treating it like especially in this match like these guys were going for cover after cover you know like did you guys catch that? How often they went for covers and they were really trying yes. to like get the win in this athletic competition. Once again, yeah. like I love that about it, man. Sense sense of urgency as if yep. like their back was against the wall in a game seven or something like they were fighting for their lives. Frank, what did you rate this match on a uh, star level? So on my star rating, this one got four and a quarter. 8.5 on your scale, John Boy. Pretty good. That's a little high, I think. <laughs> what? It's a little high, I think. It like it's high, but it's oh, not man. as high as mine. Five stars. Exactly. 
Let's get the go. Swerve job. This yeah. could be your Once first again, five star match. That for, we've, uh, done. for what it is, it's a semi final King mm. of the Ring match. Not even the yeah. end. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. give me two of my all time favorites and at a high level. You you're saying, John, how like, oh, well, Mr. Perfect was kind of tailing off. I'm like, well, I don't see that for shit in this match. You know what yeah. I mean? I'm not well I'm saying this is this is maybe his last yeah, yeah. great match. And I'm not, not I'm not dissing you. I'm just saying, like in perception, you know, like right. Vince probably thought the same thing, you know, because whatever he does, I think he becomes a commentator. He's a referee exactly. later at WrestleMania. So like um loved it, dude. I cannot recommend this enough. Um if you're a fan of either of these guys or both of these guys, you're gonna love this match if you haven't seen it. Um and like I said, man, maybe better than SummerSlam 91, which is crazy. I know what you're saying, Frank, because it's like a title's on yeah, the line. Yeah, yeah. It's Brett's first big title yeah. victory. I mean, tag team, but yeah, first yeah. big singles victory. Singles. I'm so glad, honestly. Like, this is why I love this show, man. Mm-hmm. I'm so glad we rewatched this because who knows when I want to watch King of the Ring 93 again. But I loved it, man. I really did. I'm really happy yeah. I watched it again. I'm with you. I was so stoked to watch this event for this match because I remember it being good. I remember I liked it, and I was saying, I think I like it over SummerSlam 91. Now I think um, I think I was right because I was 9.4 out of 10. Wow. I feel like guys. this Let's is – uh, look, if you put it as the tournament final or you put a uh, Intercontinental – Oh, my God. Look, I, I mean, I can't say how much I liked it because I liked the pre-match banter. I think anyone yep. who might have had not seen this, go watch SummerSlam 91 then go watch this pre-match little interview, then watch this mm-hmm. match, and you get all the dose of uh, Mr. Perfect and Bret Hart. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't get any better. Damn near perfect, if I if I say so myself. 9.4 out of 10. If I just this was it. the final, i give it a higher grade by like half a score probably. I would have given it mean? 7 okay. out of 5. You know, just because <laughs> I feel like the significance of it. I wish it was the final. That was the Isn't final. it weird like, how they booked like it? Yeah, it's like that's a dream it's final. It's funny, It makes too. sense. When we yeah, get there, you know, because like mm-hmm. how it all plays out, it does make sense. Yeah, the way they book it, but you know, come on, you just gotta give the people what they want sometimes. Put perfect and bread in a big finale. That's so sick, but you know, it is cool though, because I think that SummerSlam match, like, spoiler if we ever do that SummerSlam review, but like I think that's like a four and a half, just under a five star match for me. Mm-hmm. So like this, since I'm giving it the edge to SummerSlam, that's why I give this one a four and a quarter. On is this it, night, I I think I'm doing that. When we watch yeah. SummerSlam 90, 91, I'll probably be giving that a 10, probably 10 out of 10. <laughs> so so I'm talking kind of shit right now. But when we, you know, but right no, now on this but night. John, like I remember us talking about this match and you saying like, dude, I think it might be better. And I'm like, mm-hmm. nah, really? Like I remember <laughs> talking to you about this. So mm-hmm. like, who knows? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And who once knows, again, dude? as you, as you, you know, as the years go by, your palate changes, man. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, um, you're gonna look at stuff differently. I mean, I'm a Jacques Rougeau fan now. You know? Right. So like, you're borderline honky tonk man fan. I know it's crazy. I'm my life's changing. Well, maybe not fan, but appreciate appreciate yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, this was damn near perfect, if not perfect. Bret Hart and Mr. Perfect, 18 minutes and 56 seconds. Bret Hart has now moved on to the finals to take on Bam Bam Bigelow, the Beast from the East. That'll be the main event in this one-night tournament. And uh, very interesting the way it was booked. Do you guys believe it was meant to show, like, okay, Bret, can he defeat this monster in the end? Like, can he overcome one more big obstacle? Or why do you think they didn't flip-flop it? 
real quick. I think just that and like, you know, the true underdog sensation, you know, not only is he a big monster in the finale, but that he's a big monster with a break, you know, going into that last mm-hmm. match. And Bret Hart mm-hmm. had like point. this grueling match with a guy who was, you know, at his level exactly, that toe-to-toe, you know what I mean? Now you got to go kill this monster who's rested. You know, I just think that's the story. And uh, I think they do a good job telling it too. So we'll get there, but. I think you're right. Jimmy Hart and Hulk Hogan cut a promo backstage and what i found interesting was that this was uh like hogan's quote-unquote skinny phase meanwhile he's so yoked still i'm like but he's but it's weird because then he he looks like he has his head is too big for his body like at the, this is that's what i call i call this like, like his bobblehead phase because you know, he's like a he's thinned out a little bit where his head his just arms like are so enormous fat. though yeah. dude. He is, he's still in great shape you yeah know, but yeah, was this Thunder Hogan. in Paradise like era, like sort totally. of yeah, right after know, this? Like, yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah, like, right. That's what I it's right before Thunder in Paradise. Yeah, yeah right before yeah. this, I should say. Right before yeah. this is when he does Thunder in Paradise. Hogan, yeah. five time champ, and it's a shame they couldn't make this work to keep him around because we're going to talk about what happens next. But uh, he could have, you know, somehow, some way, if they freshened up the character, there were so many guys he could have worked with throughout the new generation. But we don't get that. Uh, situation this was uh for all the little hulkamaniacs in america as a whole according to him and uh they're all behind him in the heartland of america hulk hogan versus yokozuna this is where we got to dig in a little bit because this is for the wwf championship and the back story here is interesting and it's it ties into a debate we've been having lately about the goat who is it bret hart is it hulk hogan because uh this all revolves around supposedly bret hart and Hulk Hogan and Yokozuna, this sort of triangle of drama and how Hogan swooped in at WrestleMania nine became champion. And there was the promise supposedly that Brett would get the rematch that was agreed upon by Vince McMahon, by Hulk Hogan and Bret Hart, that Brett would get the rematch versus Hulk and macho man, I believe references that early in the match when he says, some people believe this should be Bret Hart's rematch for this WWF championship. But the drama between Hogan, Hart, McMahon, it was and and listen, I don't know. Bret Hart supposedly was led to believe that he would get this title shot. Maybe it was at SummerSlam. But uh, what do you guys think? Because um, it's like a twisted game, political chess, you know, whatever you want to call it. A lot of people note the politics Hogan plays. What do you guys think about uh, all of this? Like the way Yoko beats Brett at WrestleMania 9. Hogan swoops in, gets the title from Yoko minutes later, seconds later. Brett's kind of swooped aside. You guys just said you don't think Brett was in his prime. So was it smart to keep trying to roll with Hogan? What do you guys think about the way this all set up here? Like I could, I could understand why you're nervous going from a guy like Hogan to you know a lesser known commodity in Bret Hart, especially at that as the top guy. But you could tell, like, even watching this show, like, listen, the crowd loves Hogan. Don't get me wrong, but it, you could tell, like, it feels like it's a different era, you know, mm-hmm. and like he feels like a like a relic of a, an ancient time almost, you know what I mean? And what the WWF was, and it's like, I don't know, I I wasn't, I didn't like any of this. This is probably like you know, going back and looking at like Hogan's career, like this is kind of all the stuff that like really makes me think of him as the scumbag Hogan, you know, and like the politician, all this era of stuff really doing Brett so dirty, 
So like I was, you know, just watching this and just like, man, what like you go from what we just saw to this is like your world title picture. You know what I mean? It just feels so backwards. But you know, hmm. it's it wasn't what my type of wrestling was. You know, I guess so. Like looking on it from like these eyes that I have now, it's just like it just seems so silly. Yoko, that re, the what the res, end result of this match to me is one of those pro wrestling like goofy unnecessarily booked like goofy booked uh finishes you know and i just didn't like any of this let me ask duke because um like okay on one hand with frank's point is you're doing brett dirty but at the same time we get this awesome tournament out of brett so we might have been deprived of that if brett let's just say holds the title and fights yokozuna in a rematch or fights crush Mm -hmm. or whoever it might have been so we do get these great memories of brett you know, climbing up the ladder again, the chase, if you will. Where do you stand on? I know you weren't down with Hogan swooping in and getting that title at nine, but what do you think about? Um, I'm, I'm thinking Yoko is more the central issue I have here, but where do you stand on all this, Duke? Yeah, I think I'm with you as far as like the Yoko Zuna thing. Um, I'm not like I'm a Hulk Hogan fan, so like it's hard to say that, you know, what is the right time to take the title off of him and move forward you know um i mean i feel like he was kind of wanting to do other things at this time and that's probably why vince did that um but i look at um i'll i'll get to your question in a minute but as far as the like the interview and stuff i think hogan still looked awesome here like that title i mean i love that title but you know does the title make the man or does the man make the title? Like, it just looks so good on the Hulkster, man. He's got, he looked different too. He's got the red on where normally he wore the yellow, like yeah. Jimmy Hart's with him. He's got the Hulkster jacket. Like they're panned in on that. Like, so like the presentation of this match, I was like, damn, this is actually like pretty awesome. You know, like Hulkster's arms are enormous still. He's flexing. Then he does the big flex. He's got the baseball in his bicep, you know, like, so like I'm in dude. Um, And then we'll get into the match further. But as far as like, um, I don't know. I look at Yokozuna as an interruption. Honestly, I really do. Like I, with all due respect, you know, the guy, you know, he's looked at as a great and that's great. Like he's in the hall of fame. Sure. But like, to me, that's just never the style of match that I want to watch, you know, like Yokozuna gave us a couple cool moments. Like you mentioned earlier, Frank, with Luger, you know, the big slam heard around the world, but did he have to be champion to do that? Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, we talked about Kurt Hennig. Kurt Hennig was never world champion. (laughs) I know. Yokozuna was multiple times, man. Like, what are we doing? Main eventing multiple WrestleManias. Yeah. Like, bro, that's that's, Vince though. You know, like that's Vince's MO. It's always like, yeah, man, it's just, but it it is, but it's like also like a head scratcher, like, because then, all right, you get into money, right? Because wrestling doesn't sell. You're telling me Mr. Perfect wasn't a great character, you know, mm-hmm. like, I don't want to turn this into an hour where we talk about Mr. Perfect, but like, mm-hmm. at this time, you have guys that are aging, right? Have Hulk Hogan work with Bret Hart. Yeah. Have Randy Savage work with Shawn Michaels. 
You know what I'm saying? Like you can integrate. Well, I think what what we realized doing 52 or three episodes now, one of the main things that I, I've definitely like uncovered is I'm with you, Duke. Yokozuna was an interruption on our favorite, up, one of our favorite times of wrestling, because yeah. you look at like the, the roster and what we could have gotten, whether it was Mr. Perfect and Bret Hart or, or Shawn Michael, I'm sorry, or um, Randy Savage and Bret Hart. You could even twist it and say Hulk Hogan stays on board and maybe he's working with, Lex Luger as a challenger here as a yep. narcissist or, um, you know, Bam Bam Bigelow finally gets a shot against the Hulkster. Maybe you could have made it work. Yoko interrupted a lot of really potentially iconic stuff. And to your point, Frank, it's the MO. Well, this is the problem. Like when we say, oh, Vince, the WWE is behind Roman. It's the machine or they were behind, you know, this guy. There was the machine. It's like, yeah, they were behind. It was the machine behind Yoko. Like they pushed him to the moon it was like full throttle and, you know to his credit he made it work he you know did what I mean? did he like but, he, but to what to what point? i know i know i i'm just saying like it's like not did it like draw was, like did it draw right right sure but like you know i don't think he shit the bed you know what i'm saying like i no it's just it's not what i wanted you know, yeah. I, I, I'm just trying to be fair. You know what I mean? Cause there are like, was Umaga like Umaga, what he was probably every bit as good uh, as Yokozuna, sure. but didn't exactly. get multiple world title exactly. main events. Exactly. And like, they go all the way with this, you know? Yeah. And, and I've talked to you guys at length about how, like, you know, what if Macho Man wins that Royal Rumble, you know, but yeah. you, you brought up something that I didn't even think of that could have happened with Kurt Hennig with Mr. Perfect winning the Rumble. Right. regardless we could have had way cooler main events in my opinion than what we got with yokozuna as champion you know like the rumor was hogan was supposed to face brett at SummerSlam 93 right, SummerSlam. can you imagine yeah. dude like dude oh man it's just it's frustrating to me to think about you know like um <laughs> and I mean, and Brett was like just as big as Macho Man, and and Hogan worked with Macho. Like I would think yep. Macho's maybe slightly bigger. Would you even say Frank is he even bigger than Brett, stature wise? Yeah, He's I don't probably I a little say taller. He is. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, you are the size expert though. Yeah, you are. I, don't know. I, I think those asking. guys are pretty accurate. I think I would. I think of Brett as slightly bigger than Macho actually. Right. Mm. But I don't. But I don't know. You know what I mean? Like I don't know their actual heights. With not all that said, Shaq, though, no, I just next to like Shaq or something. Like yeah. Size. yeah, or Andre, that's your scale, you know. <laughs> yeah, six foot two. But with all that said, like I'm with you, Duke. I felt like this felt like a very big match. The presentation of Yokozuna is wonderful. Like it's great, mm -hmm. and and he was very talented in the ring for his size. It was actually my cousin. Like this was this was like his one of his favorite wrestlers back then in '93. Mm. He's like he just wanted to see him drop that big chicken leg and mm. do the belly to belly and and the bonsai drop. And the presentation was super cool. Little did we know back then as kids that this was a Samoa man playing a Japanese character but <laughs> that's know. neither here nor there you know mm -hmm. um that's the way it is I guess but let's get into the match really quick because we could talk all night about this stuff Hulk Hogan still getting a great reaction like Frank said the kids are still behind him for the most part um and the mystique of Yokozuna was strong like they did do such a good job building him up Savage noted like I said that some people were upset Brett didn't get this rematch or didn't get his rematch Savage also said that Hogan could put Yoko through the ring. And if that happened, Savage said he and the people would pop. He said the word pop, mm. which is a little inside. Hogan failed at the body slam three times. Couldn't do it. 
couldn't get the big man up in this match. And uh, Frank, did you notice bat notice a spatter of cheers when Yoga Yoko uh, kind of was like getting the upper hand at different times in this match? Did you feel? I like... didn't notice that actually. I didn't. Like, okay. feel it felt like the crowd wanted Hogan for me personally, but because um, I also felt like the result of this match, the crowd was very clear on like how they felt about it. They were upset. Yes. Um, because we really, I think the the truth is here with this. Um. We're, we're here to talk about the story. The match was 13 minutes, and I do think it was a good WWF championship match. Like, it felt big. It felt important. Um, I, I would put it certainly in there with some other matches Hulk Hogan has had, whether it was versus Slaughter or, you know, there's been matches that he's had that, that aren't going to bring in the five-star ratings and so on and so forth. But I do think it was an enjoyable story of Yoko's size being too much for the immortal Hulk Hogan. And uh, listen, there was... Uh, Hogan did all he could to take this this mammoth down. Yoko kicked out of the leg drop, and Savage said it was never done before. Duke, that's a lie. <laughs> Ma Macho Man doesn't lie, so you're a liar. <laughs> Warrior kicked out of the leg drop. John, I'm not on this podcast to call Macho Man Randy Savage <laughs> a liar. Fair. So fair. if he says that nobody ever it's kicked gospel. out of it, brother. Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> then they didn't okay yeah mm -hmm. listen there's a photographer on this ring apron and um frank you've done some photo work <laughs> yeah i handle a camera pretty often usually every weekend my camera's never exploded like yeah. that wow. like does yours this was 93 yeah. though pal come on it was 93 the Hulkamaniacs were running wild. You know, the tensions were tough. You know, he was on the ring apron. He had to get up onto the ring apron like no other uh, no photographer did. Yeah, right. I mean, <laughs> I don't know. I he, he there is that, um there's a rumor about who that was that it was a Wyatt family member. Oh wow, one <laughs> of the earliest uh, Cornelius <laughs> Wyatt. That's the old rumor. <laughs> well, that yep. that disguise was um man. That looked the like beard. they went to like bottom three disguises ever in wrestling. Like they really didn't do a very good job. Like I, I didn't and know who it was under there, but it just looked silly. And the camera they pulled out too, like they found like one of those ancient, like <laughs> yeah. it was so big. I was like, bro, they don't have, they don't have. Yeah, what are they more tin, tin type? But yeah, yeah. like you mentioned though, Frank. Like here we go with like the carny bullshit. Yeah, Yo, you know, it was, you, you it was can't crazy just... though. You can't just do like a, a finish, but this is this is Hogan, one hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I say that because we covered another pay per view, Starcade '97, with a screwy ass finish, and that Mr. was Mr. Dusty Hogan. Rhodes. Yeah, you know, well, like it's it's once again like God forbid I can't lose, I and I Hogan, love the Hulkster, yeah. and I don't I didn't want him to lose, but like yeah. come on, bro, like. This exploding no, but, but truthfully, camera, like, but, but what comes out of it if Hogan loses clean, other than him basically saying my career's over? Did it like why would he anyway? want to lose clean? You know, no. Really. Who, but like, I mean, yeah, I it was know. his last match. Spoiler. So who cares? No, it was not. Spoiler. It he was his continue. last pay per view match. Pay per view, yeah, but he did yeah. continue on with the company throughout the summer. Like he, I don't think but he like, knew nobody he was knew that here. though. You know, he wasn't on TV or anything. Well, let's talk as about this photographer real quick, just so I get to the finish. Uh, but Cornelius but, Wyatt. Yeah, 
uh what i don't know if this old nikon model whatever it was that didn't work out it exploded in the face of hulk hogan yoko drops a leg how apropos beating him with his own move yokozuna gets the fin the pin once again wwf champion now two-time champ yokozuna clearly montreal wasn't the first time uh a champion lost to their own move in a screw job finish yoko mm. getting the win with the leg drop mysterious paparazzi none other than harvey whippleman under that <laughs> disguise go figure um and yeah obviously they never revealed that on tv Yoko yep. effectively kills Hulk kills Hulkamania after the match with <laughs> Easy a bonsai for you to drop. Say, pal. <laughs> yeah, I can't believe it. I don't even want to say it out loud. You know, kids were heartbroken, much like I was uh, when another Samoan defeated an All American at WrestleMania 39 this year. Roman mm. defeating Cody Rhodes. Get my Family. Cody Rhodes reference in Family here. Members. Bloodline, bro. Yeah, all bloodline, the way back bro. then. It's crazy. There's only one royal family. Yeah, Ooh, dude, I, wow. I mean, look, this is another episode, but can we just Jeez, admit the Samoan fan? This is the most dominant wrestling family. Ever. Well, yeah, they're like in like half the WrestleMania main events or whatever it is. Like, <laughs> yes. it's like, it's like crazy. Yeah, it's insane, dude. Um, There's something up with them and the McMahon family for sure. Has to be, has to be. Something is up with that. Um, Post-match, Yoko had all the photographers, Japanese media taking photos. It was a great presentation but um this is the this is the story after shortly after losing the title hogan pulls out of a number of scheduled dates um he basically performs a schedule in europe that's like sort of in and out and then a little bit of matches with uh yoko and son of in front of some packed mm -hmm. houses in, in in some house shows but his official last match before going to wcw is in august of 93 so that would be two months later and um after that, apparently, after this match in Hogan's dressing room, according to Brett, he approaches Hulk Hogan, tells him off because Hogan had a change of heart about, you know, giving him a rematch. Kind of went back to Yokozuna after this. The belt goes back to Yoko. And uh, Brett apparently told him off. According to him, Hogan stood there speechless. And uh, Brett told him to go F himself. Mm. Went at the Hulkster. These two goats. Um, it's a shame that wrestling politics are so silly because it's like you work yeah. yourself into a shoot brother. People accuse Brett of being too markish for himself. People accuse Hogan of being a mark for the business, whatever you want to call it. Where do you stand on all this drama, Frank? Where we got AEW drama lately with the aid with the elite and CM Punk and all this crap. Shawn Michaels has had his fair share of politics. Yeah. Who, what, like, what was your, what's your solution to fix all this BS that happened here? I mean, not let Hogan run the show, you know, Bingo. basically. Like, I mean, I, I see where Vince comes from, you know, like it has to be tricky, especially when the company at this time is financially maybe not doing its best business ever. And to take off the belt of a, of a known commodity like Hogan, who's doing television and, movies and all this other stuff i you know it has to be a tough decision but like you can't just let the inmates run the asylum you know and i think eventually like he sort of locked that down and you see how his shows are nobody runs shit but him but you know you have to believe in what you're going to do next right and if you were going to go with brett next and, and move 
move into this new generation of superstar, right? That are like smaller, more athletic, whatever the case is, right? And guys like Sean are going to be the guys, which we know he does. You got to have that confidence, you know, and you got to be able to take it off these guys, you know, <laughs> or not just have a new monster to, you know, do the same old game with Hogan, you know, where Hogan could win the title and drop it later if he has to or whatever, if he's not feeling froggy enough to keep wrestling on your in your program, you know, like have the balls to give it to Brett, keep it on Brett, let feuds happen or put perfect in these kind of situations. You know, Sean is getting there, you know, all these dudes razor at the time, you know, like if you're going to make that move, make it, you know, and like not let this old dinosaur sort of dictate your shows, you know, and like, and get like weird reactions, you know, cause like the finish of this match is so crazy to me. And it was that way at WrestleMania, you know, it's like, it's, it's a constant thing with Hogan and like these big moments once we got to like the early to mid nineties, you know, and it's, it's a shame. The problem I have with um, some of what you're saying is the old dinosaur thing, because he's a year older than Roman Reigns was is now here. I get it. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, but the, but I'm talking about also dinosaur like within the game, you know what I mean? Because his act had gone stale, you know, like and it, the and it act was of Hogan. It, yeah, you know, like it's not so much the guy because Jericho's 52, you know what I mean? Right, like, right, right. CM Punk's 46. Not, yeah, it's just sort of like the act is old. And then, mm -hmm. like if your act is of a, you know, bygone generation. It's just not going to work, you know. You could try. Yeah, I was like, asking Bob, you off like the air. How do you? How do you? you know what I mean? Like manipulate the Hogan character to mm -hmm. um, fit in with the new generation. Maybe I'll ask Duke that real quick because Frank was saying like it's a tough one. Uh, what What would you have done here? Uh, and then we'll give our ratings and move on. But like, what What do you? What's your solution here uh, to kind of make this all work? I mean, I probably would have turned them heel and maybe start like a new world order of some organization or something like that maybe New world organization brother yeah <laughs> um no but i think you know who knows you know it's hard to say in retrospect what would have worked and stuff but i do think that kind of integrating the new guys with the old guys could have worked you know it's just unfortunately vince you know he didn't think savage should even be wrestling anymore you know like that, um that's true and Hogan just was Hogan, like with his political bullshit. And I wonder, you know, if Hogan now, if he looks back and he's like, damn, man, like I could have, you know, I could have done some really cool shit like him and Bret Hart at SummerSlam, dude, like that would have been I don't enormous. Think, I don't man. think like, Hulk looks at Bret Hart like we look at Bret Hart. And yeah, I, I genuinely I don't mean think that. anybody looks at Bret Hart like we look at Bret Hart. That's fair. But no, like um, Hogan going to WCW, getting the NWO payday and being a part yeah. of history, going and making a couple of movies, whatever they were worth. Like, I'm sure he's OK with this, the way this shook out, because what would he have done stuck around? Like and like you said, worked with like a Sean or a Razor right. or like he probably wouldn't yeah, have wanted probably to just do that me anyway. Being right? Like, it's probably just me being a fan, you know, from a fan's perspective. And, you know, you can have great savage had great matches left in him we saw it mm -hmm, you know mm -hmm. like hogan i don't know that he had great matches but he certainly had great moments still mm -hmm. um certainly, and yeah i think that they could have done some cool stuff it's unfortunate like you mentioned about the political bullshit and at, at, of all things pro wrestling <laughs> yeah. you know like a predetermined it still exists I know, and I and think I think it makes for really cool conversations we can have here, though, and a lot of like intense sort of um, feuds, if you will. Like nowadays in WWE, it's like everybody's so like 
lovey-dovey like they all love yeah. each other it seems like and it's kind of like lame like i mean it's kind of i I like the competitive rivalries of these guys back well in the you day. should have that you you should have you know you should want to be the best that's why like when people talk shit about brett like about oh he was a mark you know for the he thought he was the best and he was a mark <laughs> you're doing the, the scott belt. hall voice right well now. <laughs> sort of yeah sorry frank but um like that always bugged me it's like yeah man sorry he wanted to be the best at what he did like right isn't that what you should strive for like i think that's a lot of the problem now all these guys are fucking they're all the same they're all the same everybody wants to be on tv Mm -hmm. and then everybody wears black kick pads and everybody gets a chance at it at the title you Mm -hmm. know like it's a joke dude like it shouldn't well, this is why title. you crowned Bret Hart. This is why you guys feel Bret Hart is the greatest of all time because he, Duke, you especially, he takes it seriously. It means something to him. Where you know, forget my belief of of Hogan and all that, but I'm with you on that. Like Bret believing, I'm cool that, with your belief of the Hulkster, though. Yeah, but but it's like it's it's the way. Uh, it doesn't matter now at this point. We're talking about Bret, and like I think him and his uh like his ability and his and the way he believed that he was the best i think he backed it up all the time like this is another night where he shows it in the ring anyway hogan you know he he's the draw i guess but um they didn't they look he didn't sell this this king of the ring out at this time there you go you know 6400 came in not 1100 or not not 11 and once 000. again i think it was just a a low time in the business too i really do yeah, i don't think that's been. I mean, anything to do with hulk hogan or yokozuna or anybody else you know no but just... listen the the uh because i want to move on but but uh yeah the hulk hogan's relationship with the wwf ended here and it is kind of weird because vince and him they were father son type of thing like it was the end of an era and you know for me i'm with you guys like i think you could have made it work whether it was trying to get creative and turning whole heel somehow or maybe you know, letting letting him work with the younger guys. I mean, there was a young Razor Ramon that he could have helped put on the map or a young Diesel coming up. You know, there were so many guys, even a, a few with Luger seemed like, look, All-American Luger was about to happen. And I, maybe they were replacing Hulk, but, you know, who knows if they could have been like allies and, and run amok against, mm-hmm. you know, the rest of the company. Uh, who knows? But it didn't go down. What you guys rate this match? And then we can move on. Frank, what do you got? I gave it one and a half stars out of five. Wow. Not, yeah. Not into it. <laughs> not at all. I didn't like anything. I didn't like the match. Obviously, right? Like, I'm not, not going to, like, kill the guys for the matchup, mm. the actual match. It is what it is. But like, I didn't like the match. I didn't like the shenanigans. I didn't like knowing about backstage nonsense. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like, it, like, it puts a dark cloud over everything that yep. I'm watching. So, all that, all that being said, you know, also Yoko winning the title like even though that's not the end of the world to me like it may have been for you guys especially at the time um it's obviously not like the greatest move you know like you see the crowd there's a dude dressed as hogan like in the front row and he's like <laughs> yeah. you can't even believe what's going on grown like, ass what? man yeah you know? I know. he's like what? poor guy but i think that like reflects with how like a lot of people felt like one thing it's hogan at least with hogan you're like well we get it. It's Hogan, you know, but with Yoko, it was just like, man, really, this is that, this is the, that era we're going heading into again or whatever. So, mm-hmm. you know, one point. Did you not feel like Hogan bumped around for him though? Um, sure. You know, I don't, I think 
maybe enough. You know what I mean? Like he's trying to, he, he's about to lose a title to the guy. I think like Hogan, if he knows, you know what I mean? Like you're going to be the dude he wants you to make you look at least okay. Cause you're beating him, you know? Yeah. So well, you if had he a, wasn't so going to beat one... him. Yeah. If he wasn't beating him, you know, if Yoko was never going to go over, I don't think Hogan's doing half the shit he is for him. So you, uh, you, you one and a half out of five for you, uh, Duke, give me your rating. What you got? Once again, like with the whole, like I enjoyed the pre-match stuff. Um, I enjoyed the post-match stuff, even though I'm not a Yokozuna fan, because I don't think he looked cool standing there with the title in front of the photographers. Oh, you do not? I don't, no. Hmm. I think Hmm. not at all. Um, But I do, (laughs) I do like the presentation though. Like Jack Tunney's there, you know, he comes over awkwardly and congratulates him. The photographers are there so that it felt big you know and um like i said i thought hulk looked great that title's beautiful so it is what it is i thought and i took the politic stuff out of it because like mm-hmm. watching this i don't know that right yeah, so like sure. i'm just trying to watch it in the moment so i gave it a 2.75 okay yeah you're right on par with me i gave it actually a little higher i gave it a 5.7 out of 10 because i thought it was an enjoyable match quality world title Mm -hmm. match wwf championship it did feel very important uh at the end of the day yokozuna the great interrupter like god rest (laughs) his soul he was so talented like he really for a big man like until he kind of fell off but it's just a shame we were deprived we've mentioned it a zillion times i won't go into it again but yeah and like but to your point like like you said umaga you know like He's Umaga, you know, like he's Umaga with a bigger push. Sorry. He's Umaga with a different gimmick, a bigger push. They chose this. This is what wrestling does, right? Vince created this. This is what he went with. And this is what we have to deal with. But, you know, we got a King of the Ring tournament still in in effect. So we're going to get to the main event shortly. But there's a couple matches before that. There's an eight-man tag that I'm going to run through quickly because it's the Smoking Guns and the Steiners taking on Money Incorporated and the Head Shrinkers. Um, Before this. I should mention really quick backstage interview, Shawn Michaels and an unnamed man, the man that has been next to him, a bodyguard, his heater, his, his insurance uh, policy. His insurance policy. Thank you. So man, oh man, I love these guys, but they just comment on Hogan losing the title. Like it Ooh. felt like a big deal. Whoever had that top prize back then, it was like big news. It was a big story. Like we're missing that today. I feel like, you know, like when, when like mid card guys talk about the world championship and like how it's just uh shocked the world that Hogan's down and out, but uh, Shawn Michaels, Kristen, has, Chris, what's that? I was gonna say that happens with long reigns or, you know, respect on the title's name, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And not because half the mid card guys have already been the world champion. So they don't care quite as much. You know what <laughs> yeah. I mean? Like, it's like, yeah, you know, like you keep it prestigious. Perfect. Never got it. You know what I mean? Sean hadn't gotten there yet. Yeah, you know, Diesel right. obviously is brand new, so it's sort of like, you know, it means something to these guys, right? Like that should mean it's it should be reflected on the show. Now everybody, half the rosters had it. It's like it's crazy. Can we just yeah. let Frank talk about Shawn Michaels' comments? Well, 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 how he was dissing Hogan, kind of. Yeah, what'd you think of that, Frank? You know, called him a dinosaur, dinosaur like you did. Dino, yeah, I know. Good, yeah, good. You know. Oh, really? Oh, Shawn yeah. and Frank on the same team. Wow. I'm just saying because, like, listen, I didn't like Sean, but like at this point, I didn't have any opinion of Sean, right? Yet. Yeah, it's it's like the you know mid '90s stuff where Sean, where I turn on. Does Shawn he argue soup like bad here or no? 
No, like as I'm watching it, like, but this Sean I don't really like because I don't find him that great. You know, like mm-hmm. we're like I give him credit for matches um in his career. This is probably like my least actually like least favorite time of Sean. Like it, it's like mm. this era. I thought you like, would sort of like, I thought you were gonna like come down on him for talking shit. No, no, no. Oh well, it's it's two of the guys that he thinks are the most like the worst in the bi- yeah. history yeah. of the business in terms I didn't of their know politics. You hated the hoaxer. I just no, just like the politics, politics yeah. shit. Yeah, exactly. Like I'm not a Hogan necessarily hater, but it's just yeah. all that politics stuff. It, it bums me out. It sours the whole thing. Yeah. You were once Hogan for Halloween. I was fact in college. <laughs> in college <laughs> so it wasn't like it wasn't like I was a young kid. You know? Yeah, not not recently, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. He's <laughs> not out there. Um, but anyways, what's wrong Sean... with that? I'm gonna be Jimmy Hart for Halloween. Oh, you could do that. I just don't know about a Hulkster nowadays. His his That's approval true. rating is gone. <laughs> yeah, down, his approval. Man. I don't give well. a fuck. Hulkamaniac for life, right here, mm-hmm. baby. Nah, yeah, wrestling wise. Ho- Listen, I want to mention. I keep trying to get my shit in here. Shawn Michaels Sorry, christens the, christens this big man. This insurance policy for, for the first time ever. He reveals the name. This is Diesel. We get the name. Here it is. Diesel fuel. He says he's running on diesel <laughs> fuel. It was just so early in the game. Anyway, we got an eight-man tag. Steiners and the Smoking Guns versus Money Incorporated and the Head Shrinkers. I was watching this, and I'm just thinking, all right, we got Braun Breaker, the spawn of Rick. We got the Gun Club, AEW. We got Mm. Bray Wyatt from the IRS, you know, uh, family. And then we got the Samoans. We got the Rikishi in here, who's got the Usos. We got... This this like eight man. This is my note here. Is holy crap. They spawn so much more wow. to the biz. It's also insane. six of these guys are Hall of Famers. Yeah. Mm, there you go. Six out of the eight in this match. That's where my head went. Two, three, four, five, six. Yeah, you're right. Yep. I'm counting in my head. Everybody except poor Samu and uh and Bart. Bart. Yep. Mm-hmm. Wait, is IRS in? Oh, is IRS not? He's not, mm. dude, and that's a shame. That's, Mike Rotunda just needs a to be God. Look, I thought he was because I feel like it's a no-brainer. I had to rethink it. Yeah, bro, but wow, I don't think they gave terrible. him the honor. No. Yeah, he needs that's to be a, in. That's a damn shame. Early on, WWF sort of uh, forgotten gem as, you know, U.S. Express and all that besides IRS, and obviously all of his other work is Mike Rotunda, Well, that so. and then NWA stuff. That's what I mean. Varsity Club and then IRS. He absolutely deserves it. So we don't want to get year... long-winded. I'm gonna let you get all your shit in, but real quick, mm-hmm. you're telling me Mike Rotundo is not a Hall of Famer, but like the Bushwhackers are. That's what you're telling me. Hey man, yeah, sheep herders, right. Bushwhackers. I- I'm gonna I'm gonna be quiet now. No, I'm gonna run through it quick because this was an eight-man tag, and uh, look, this was nearing the end of DiBiase's in-ring work, sadly. So he's kind of winding down. This was a roster that like I said, was weird, but name-wise, you still had a lot of really cool-ass names that you could have fantasy booked all kinds of cool matches with. We were doing it earlier. So I want to just say with this match, very standard filler match, come-down match, if you will, six minutes, 50 seconds. I gave it a 3.5, not really into it. The definition of a come-down match, I want to go right to the rating. Frank, what did you have on this eight-man? I gave it a 1.5. You know. Equal to the WWF championship match. The championship match. Yep. <laughs> wow. Um, just because one one point five because you know see the Steiners move around, seeing the guns move around, it was fun enough. You know what I mean? See DiBiase, but it was just very generic and short. 
So why yes. not watch Stars? But That's I didn't hate, like, you... I, yeah, I did. I hated some. You like the guys in it? I was seeing, yeah, you know, and I hated some of the stuff I was seeing in that Hogan situation. Mm. So, Duke, what'd you rate this uh, eight man tag? You know, I have to just preface this with I like some of these eight man and six man tag matches that they do at these events. Like, um, I don't know. I always in, not always, but I would say half of them. Like, I get into for some reason. Yeah. Like, I remember especially during like the WWE Alliance days, like there were a lot of like cool, like interesting combinations. Like I think big show team with like Billy Gunn and somebody else one time. Oh, yeah. And like, it was like, it was it, the one Billy Gunn at that time. Yeah. It was like a cool, fun match, but this was not, this was like <laughs> you said, just filler. We don't need to talk about this any further. Same exact score as Frankie boy. 1.5 from me. Fair enough. And I like Backst- the dudes involved, just not, you know, typical, like you mentioned, filler. No, but I will say on the way out with this match, 30 years later, pay-per-views or premium live events dominated still by the bloodline as we have the head shrinkers here sure. and Yokozuna as the WWF champion. <clears throat> bloodline running deep. So, and once again, backstage, the celebration continues for Yokozuna. There's this Japanese music underlaid underneath this interview which kind of feels prestigious to me, but like, dude, the decision to go with the foreigner heel as the main man is so Vince and so old school. I guess it worked still in 1993, but like, this is a Samoan portraying a Like, I can't still with this Yokozuna thing. I can't believe like, (laughs) this is like, we're going to make him a Japanese Samoan, or I'm sorry, Japanese uh, sumo wrestler heel champion this is the best we can come up with listen like i i can't like speak on it like you guys are older than me but like when i what i knew of yokozuna as a kid was like he was this monster japanese dude that was killing everybody you know like and that was the impression i got as you know i'm six years old when this happened you know so like around this time i knew Mm -hmm. yokozuna by name you know what i mean like when i think of yokozuna you know, like like a big thing, you know what I mean? Like I think of this guy, you know. The mythological like, yeah, Yokozuna. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Like I think of this dude, you know. So like I it was effective to I guess a certain group. And we but know that now it's like when you look back, like when you watch now, like sure. what do you think of him? Now I'm yeah. asking what do you think? No, I think he's boring. I don't yeah. enjoy his matches. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I don't mm-hmm. quite get how he became the D guy. You know, would like, you have I been do. okay if he had like Three or four time, three or four IC title reigns, maybe a semi main event, and maybe like one shot at the title, or is it just you don't like his at work title. at all? Because you know he was I mean? talented like a, in the ring. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. He, he was good for his size before he got too overweight. Exactly. You know? Yeah. Um. Yeah, like maybe get a, give him a shot at the title, like a probably like you guys have mentioned already, like an Umaga had. You know what I mean? Like, but like yeah. never feel like he's gonna reign as the guy multiple times. You know, it's a bit much, but. But I did well, remember thinking of him as a monster. You know what I mean? Like, well, you let me ask you because you were watching wrestling, um, two thousand two, I guess it would have been. Because like, so I was watching in nineteen ninety three. I remember when Yokozuna showed up. I remember when he he actually destroyed Jim Duggan. He had blood coming out of his mouth. Like I was a kid, mm-hmm. ten years old, and I'm watching this, and I was like, wow. And I didn't know the pushes or what it meant to mm-hmm, get a mm-hmm. machine behind. And I thought, like, this is a new guy coming and killing all my favorites, and he's just a monster. You were watching in 02, and I think the perfect comparison to Yoko is Brock. Because Brock came in out of nowhere, killed everyone, won the title, defeated the big guys. He actually had Hogan bleeding from the mouth. He had yeah. he beat The Rock. 
Brock was good yeah, as a yeah. as an athlete, right? Yeah. And then and and has stayed in good shape and carried on his legacy twenty years. Um, I guess my point was like, did when Brock came in, did you feel like, oh, who's this newcomer? Like, who's this guy? Like, no. Well, I think, but I mean, I don't think that's the best example personally because I think Brock was so dynamic right away, and he was like tossing guys around remember it was always like he was killing like little dudes or like molly holly like in the beginning so he was really tossing guys around and they really did a good job of making him look like a monster and with brock you knew he was an athletic freak you could just look at him and go this is a different thing yoko just no offense to the guy but it just felt like a big bad dude you know what i mean that was like hard to beat because he was so big you couldn't move him where brock felt like a genuine monster so i don't know Mm. i think it was different i was in on brock in those early days so I don't know. I think Yoko, like a better example of like a Yoko type of situation, you know, and I'm not trying to blast Yoko because it's not as bad. He's obviously way more talented. I know we're all he's obviously way more he's obviously way more talented than this guy. But it's like when Kali comes in and he could barely like move around and he was killing everybody and then he became the world champion. And I look at it like that going like, what? are we doing like why are we wasting time with this guy having the mm, world title that's fair i think yoko was better than him but you know i think that's more of a so fair representation brock brock came in and you know he was having real matches and you know he was going toe-to-toe with guys and the rock and shit like that when he finally but he won the rumble like yoko did he beat sure. won the title brock right won away everything. yeah brock won everything don't get me wrong but yeah dude what were you gonna I, say no like i think it just because it has become a Yokozuna bashing party. Mike's not going to be happy with us. But like, so Hogan wins the title, right? So it's Hogan, Andre, Macho Man, Warrior, Blair, Sergeant Slaughter, Bret Hart, Yokozuna. (laughs) <laughs> you know like it's a new era yeah like it's we're know, changing man. pal i mean yeah look, it's a shame because we're speaking you know look this is pro wrestling analyzation we're talking about the guy's career and and yoko like it or not hey i made my goat list based on accomplishments yoko's he's a hall of famer right uh he's oh, in the yeah. hall of fame like he's yeah, in the hall of fame has to be. Yeah, right yeah, yeah. Hell of a uh, short-lived dominant run. I so, think Vince's real last name might be Anoa'i. Like, I'm I telling you, bro. Like, uh, you know, he. I don't know. There's something. What do there, they have bro. on like, him, dude? I know. There's something there. Like, I don't. I don't get it. If you're a Yokozuna fan, put in the comments. Like, because I want to know. My cousin, there... big Yoko fan. Zern. Still, is he now? Yeah, he watches this stuff all the time, and he'll be like, "Yoko was the and man." He doesn't. Think oh, he, he was, was so like dominant. A... Huh. I don't think he looks at it like we do in terms of what could have been with perfect yeah. and savage. But anyway, look, and let us know name, in the comments. Are we where so. are we way off? Are we missing the uh, lore of of Yoko? Did he play the part perfectly? I mean, look, he did did great in the role. But um, all we could think about is what if, what could have been. Yep. Um, I see title match. This is the other one I wanted to run through. You know, semi quickly here. It was Crush versus Shawn Michaels. We just talked about HBK. Crush underrated theme song. Got that in my notes. I like the little, uh, the little guitar. Yeah, big fan. And uh, things never panned out the way probably Vince wanted for Crush, but probably his his deficiency in the promo category. But um, 
HBK with the long dangly cross earrings, which we see almost everywhere now. Trendsetter. I'm not saying he started the trend, but he probably is the trendsetter because he's a goat he, in the he, fashion world. He definitely did not start that trend. <laughs> I'm going to give I'll him say, the credit. I'll say he didn't. Prince says hello. Yeah, yeah, but you know. Yeah, but you know. Prince. <laughs> Plenty so more. Any '80s band, <laughs> yeah, you know, exactly. like, I know, right? Any '80s hair band, yeah, like Brett Michaels right now. Exactly, like, exactly. Uh... So Diesel looked like several of like my dad's friends growing <laughs> up, like a badass <laughs> who just got done a construction job, is going to the bar in his like leather jacket and stonewashed jeans, just coming out there looking like a straight up, uh, just a I don't even know what he would be like. I guess he still looked like a bouncer at this point. <laughs> like he just and came it, from a strip he, club. He's an insurance policy, brother. Insurance policy crush. Size and strength versus speed and agility. And usually it's a great, you know, formula. I feel like it worked here for the most part, but it's only a uh you know, it's it's 10 minutes, 11 minute yeah. match. I'm gonna run through it. Great military press and Great tilt to world backbreaker by Crush. I like that move. Not a lot of people do it anymore. Maybe because they can't, because they don't got the strength of the Kona, the Kona Crush. But uh, when's the hell's the last time you saw like a throw into the ropes tilt to world backbreaker? I don't. You don't see a tilt to world backbreaker much. That wasn't even like a power thing. It was more. I mean, sure, if you had power, but like Eddie did that, and it was true. Beautiful. You know, like true. I think it's just um forgotten you know, move. Every everybody's too busy doing super kicks yeah i like that move um doink he's got an obsession with crush doink's <laughs> obsession with crush is weird but uh multiple doinks out here again much like wrestlemania 9 they're smoking cigars sweet chin music to the back of the head uh they call it a super kick still here frank i know you love shenanigans and finishes um that's what we got here again this is an ic title match pay-per-view 11 minutes. I thought they did decent work. I really did. But it wasn't the shining moment of Sean's career. 5.0 out of 10 from me. I thought it was a decent IC title match. It helps that I love HBK and Diesel, <laughs> the presentation. What do you guys rate in this match? I gave it, just to get, run, get it out of the way, two and a quarter. Thought it was fine. Could have been better. Crush, the thing about Crush for me, I never can get behind Crush because he he like reeks of like corniness. Do you know what I'm saying? Like there's something about him. I'm just like, you're just like, you're a corny dude. Like you're big, you're cool. You could do cool stuff, but you're just like a dork. You know what I mean? Well, does he not look, does he not look tough enough for you or something? He doesn't look tough at all. You know what I mean? Like, and I felt like he never really looked tough. Did he need a beard? Yeah. Well, he needed something. You know what I mean? I I don't know. Some kind of facial hair, but, um, yeah, he just so I could never get behind Crush, but Sean and him, you know, I think this match could have been better. I don't know if maybe they just needed mm-hmm. more time. I don't know what it was, you know, something wasn't quite right. But I still thought from in ring wise, it was better than most of the shit on this card, you know, that Bret Hart wasn't in. Mm-hmm. So I give it two and a quarter. I think it's a fine, solid match, but it could have been way cooler. Mm. Okay, Duke, what do you got on the IC title match? Um. I gave it a two out of five. Mm. Um, and that that's solely because of uh Crush's sick uh frosting hair and his neon singlet. Besides that, I didn't I didn't think it was very good. I thought mm. um I was like 
actually excited for this match because I I like Crush, um, and I thought that Sean could maybe get something out of him, but it just didn't. I don't know. They didn't really seem to mesh together. Even the <clears throat> the finish was corny. Like yeah, you didn't see the kick. Like Crush right. sold it because he put the head into the uh, the turnbuckle. But I did think it was cool that we finally got to see somebody went with their finish for the first time i think all night long the night yeah but yeah didn't really i thought it was fine this is the problem with um smaller heels working against bigger baby faces because crush was never like really in danger right like he was never like fighting from underneath or anything like yeah, that I he wasn't ever in i don't agree with that because rick flair made a career out of it you know well, he would let the guys just throw him around and stuff like that I don't know. Yeah. I don't like Sean might have been disinterested in this. Who knows? Like, like maybe he. No, but thought... I'm saying Crush. Crush is a bigger in stature, baby face. Sure, but and you're saying uh, Ric Flair fighting like a Kerry Von Erich or whoever yeah. or a, a Luger, uh, uh, Nikita Koloff, Alex Luke. I mean, Ric Flair fought most everybody he fought besides Steamboat was bigger than him. Yeah, that's so true. you know let them get their shit in let them throw you around and then you kick them in the nuts or, you know, low blow, mm -hmm. you use the ropes to pin them, whatever it is. You know what I mean? Like they did I a little bit of that, I guess, but not, not and enough. no offense. Crush wasn't the best in the ring. So that's another reason, you know, crush mm -hmm. isn't on Sting's level. Crush yeah. probably isn't on Luger's level in the ring. Right. Mm -hmm. a, no. I mean, I, you guys love Luger, so I'm not, no, gonna, no, not I love him, but I yeah, love Luger, Duke loves Luger, but I think that, if you watch Ric Flair and Lex Luger in a world title match, I think you'd be into it, Frank. I'm going to send you one, actually. Yeah, you can. And, like, that, that's probably fair. But I just think that's Flair. You know what I mean? And it's like, and if sure. Flair, Flair got crushed in a championship match in 1988, you know what I mean? It could have been cool, too, maybe, right? But, but, Luger, but don't at... give Luger, uh, got to give Luger credit for, like, how he fires up. Like, how he's he's actually really, I think, charismatic. Yeah, like, I yeah. Do listen, think he... I'm not trying to kill luger in favor of crush because i think crush is a cornball and didn't have a, like <laughs> like this it factor you know what i mean so it's yeah. like, i'm not gonna go too hard in the defense yeah but wait what about when crush turned like heel with the, the purple and black i liked crush then mm -hmm. no he still was a cornball man it was it, i don't believe you you know what i mean like i don't believe you See, macho man macho man made a cool story out of that though i remember that whole yeah. thing the phone call no phone on the right yeah raw yep. We're going to the finals, tournament finals. It's here. This one night tournament, King of the Ring 93, Bret Hart versus Bam Bam Bigelow. When Bret Hart, uh, so he won the first version, I guess, uh, if, if we're going to go into the 91 King of the Ring being like a count, counting it, this would uh, be the second time he's in a King of the Ring tournament final. But I wanted to mention this because Duke, you'll love this. It in '91, it was a lot less prestigious. We'll say it was more of a house show type thing. These are the men he defeated. You're gonna love it. Pete Doherty, aka Duke of Dorchester. Oh my uh, God, we were just talking about this guy. Yeah. Just Frank, you know about the Duke of Dorchester? Yeah, I called Duke in our chat once. The Duke of Dorchester. Yeah. yeah, he's terrible. Hilarious. It was funny. He's funny. Skinner. Okay. And guy. IRS. That's the tournament final, IRS and Brett. I mean, it's two technicians. <laughs> yeah. So it's a little different, but um, this one, he's fighting. He fight, yeah. 
This one, it's Bam Bam Bigelow and Bret Hart. So across these three matches, Bret Hart wrestled 47 minutes and 32 seconds. Just wanted to mention that. And three best <laughs> matches on the card. Yeah. Just but listen, them, right? Like, easily. Yeah. Easily. Easily. Easily yeah. the three best matches. And one of them, I mean, you could argue the two of the three are, are you know, all time greats. Yeah. But um, he fought the previous night. Madison Square Garden versus Bob Backlund. 32 minutes long. Wow. Got on a flight. Also got injured in that match. He had an ankle injury. He also hurt his finger legit in a previous match this in this evening against uh, I think it was against Perfect. So he's carrying this show with his craftsmanship. Bam Bam, meanwhile, fresh and rested. Hitman's all banged up, been through the ringer. Bam, bam, all fresh and rested. And uh, Brett's getting punished in this match. Bam, bam, military presses him to the outside of the ring. He's got a lot of, you know, power moves, long, drawn-out bear hugs. I think this is an underrated match in the history of WWF or wrestling. And because it happens to be on the same night, like we mentioned, Brett and Perfect. Like, if this was the only Bret Hart match tonight, for whatever reason, like, you'd be like, oh, Brett had a pretty damn good match with Bam Bam. Like, mm -hmm. but he was already out there having other bangers. Um, Brett was so bruised and battered. He was slammed on the outside again. Luna hits him with a steel chair. Deck was stacked yeah. against Brett. And uh, I got to come at you, Frank, for this one, because you're a Bret Hart fan. But... You, you and I, we spoke recently about the Cody Rhodes booking. He's booked like an indestructible man. Yeah. Are you okay with Brett being booked like this? Because pretty much, he, you tell me no, the no, difference. No, 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 no. I'll tell you the difference. Brett didn't have a broken arm and then was in an arm lock for five minutes straight against a, a, a monster, right? That's like, that's my big issue with the Cody being the underdog in us because he's obviously going to be the underdog in a, a matchup with Brock, right? Right. Like that's just natural. But why I rate this match so highly with Brett and Bam Bam, it felt believable, which is what I didn't feel with Cody and Brock in Saudi Arabia. But did you have a problem with Cody and like the, the Bruce Peck and like always being like indestructible or no, did you, did you not care about I mean, that one? The, the Bruce Peck, I, I care about the injuries when it's a monster across from him, like Brock, you know, with the Bruce Peck and it's Rollins, you know what I mean? Who a guy had beaten already, you know what I mean? Like that was a little bit different. Of course, I think it's, you know, crazy to have a match like that or whatever, with that severe of an injury, but that's neither here nor there. The Brock stuff is getting out of hand. Cause it's like, you don't have to have Cody with a broken arm, you know, and then sitting in, in a shoulder arm lock from a, the UFC world champion who's also 120 pounds heavier than you, who's a monster who's done way more in his career than Cody's ever dreamt of. You know what I mean? Like all these things is what makes that unbelievable. Where Brett Bra and, and Bam, Bam I think I think I think that. Cody could have made the Minnesota Vikings Ooh. roster and stayed on the team. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, he could have he should have tried. You know what I mean? He would have been Or the Atlanta Falcons. Year. Um, no, I was just curious because I was watching this. I was thinking, damn, they are stacking the deck against Brett. They like, were stacking the deck no against other. Brett, but like I think this is, you know, maybe I'm just being a Brett fanboy, but like I just think this is, this is how you do the underdog story, and this is why I rate it so high. And like I think it's like the best. I don't know. I don't want to say that because I'm sure there's some that I can't think of, but like I think it's one of the best 
you know, big man versus little man, like underdog matches that you could have, like at this high of a level where the match mm-hmm. is still believable, where the whole match is still quality. Yeah. And like, and, and then like the, the, the outcome is, you know, pretty spot on as well. You know what I mean? Like, I just thought this matchup, I think it's very underrated. I wonder if it's Bam Bam's best match of his career. He you said it I mean? was. He bam, bam, okay, bam. yeah, you know, like I, I think on it because like there's some I like. I remember thinking of ECW stuff or whatever, but mm-hmm. like I'm like, is this is actually his best match? It's like it may be bell to bell, um, yeah, yeah, you know. Um, it just the, the story they told it like it all made sense, and this is what we were talking about earlier with like you know, it's not the final we would have booked, you know, we would have loved perfect in him, and that match would have been five stars or whatever the case is, right? Like you did give it five stars, but it would have felt more significant but it makes sense for the story of the night bam bam gotta buy you know what i mean like like how's he gonna do it how's yeah, brett, gonna brett do is it? he he already went toe-to-toe with one of the best guys on the roster and he barely got by he had to steal it from razor kind of mm-hmm. you know what i mean like um all these things you know and like then you have this matchup and i just think it all played out so well and i really loved it i had a real good time and uh, it made me like appreciate Bam Bam again because I've always loved Bam Bam, you know. But like, mm-hmm. I feel like you don't get to see him in actual good matches that often, you know. It's always him doing impressive shit in weird matches mm-hmm. or matchups, you know. But like, it was actually like, oh, this is an actual proper matchup in a tournament that we've all said has felt pretty prestigious, you know. Like going through it, felt like it mattered, and to see him in that moment, it's like, oh, cool. Duke, when you watch this again. Bam Bam hits the top rope headbutt and gets the one, two, three. But referee Earl Hebner, who would later screw the hitman in sure the Survivor Series, actually reverses Joey Morello's decision, and this match must continue. Um, uh, but before that. But before that, go how, ahead. How the thing says. He botches it. Yeah, he, well, I think that was purposely right like because he says um they've reversed the decision and bret hart wins and then the refs are like no no, no. Yeah. like i feel like that <laughs> hasn't been planned really yeah, i think was, that they yeah. botched it maybe oh really frank did you think that was i planned? did feel like it was a botch you know what I mean? oh really yeah the way the announcers oh, were trying to like cover it up i felt like they were trying to fix well I thought it was great. It was entertaining yeah. for sure. I mean, how can you reverse the? I guess. And listen, we're yeah. we're all Hitman fans, but like, whatever happened to the referee's decision is final. I gotta be honest. I think the Bammer got robbed here, man. Dude, I referee's was watching. Decision it. is final, brothers. Like, let's Frank, go. Frank, what would you think about the one, two, three? Were you like, oh wait, what the? Were you knew like the dusty finish was happening, but yeah, I kind of knew. So did it? I didn't. I guess I didn't overthink it. Why? What do you you feel like? No, I was just like wondering how you felt like uh, if you remembered that detail, Bam Bam getting the win in the middle of it and then doing the whole restart the match thing. No, yeah, uh, yeah, I remember. Yeah, because he did. Yeah, I mean, technically, this man is <laughs> yeah, king. yeah, exactly. Because what the ref saw Luna hit him with the chair is that what happened? Yeah, yeah. yeah. They didn't clarify that too much, yeah, exactly. but yeah, that's what it is. Who Twist was it? Count Earl. Yeah, man, Earl, the man who screws Brett just four years later. Oh. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, Joey Morella changed. Joey Morella initially called the match, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But twists and turns, Macho's Macho and everyone is freaking out when this happens. But at one point, Savage said, "Bam, bam." This is great when they restart the match. <laughs> Savage says, "Bam, bam" is four million to one odds to win this match. <laughs> so me as a kid, I know I had five dollars, like to my name, at ten years old. Somehow <laughs> I got an allowance. If I would have put five dollars on. 
Bam Bam or Bret Hart at this time. I would have won twenty million dollars. Yeah, which is great odds. Because, Macho uh, Man was uh, he was good with numbers. He once had fifty thousand stitches in his head. <laughs> yeah, so true. like he he was good with numbers. So if he says that, I mean, I believe him. Well, that's yeah. He was wrong because Bret Hart prevailed in the end with an out of nowhere victory roll once again. He wasn't he, wrong. He just said the odds were stacked. He wasn't buff. wrong. That's fair. You're, I, I see you're, def- you're in macho defense mode tonight. I'm just I respect listen, it. brother. I respect he didn't it. say. I'm just saying. Um, Bret Hart getting the finish with the victory roll. No finish. No uh, signature move used again to win. Once again, genius call. Did I try think this... to. Uh, he tried to slap it on the bammer though. Yeah, but he couldn't do it with those big yep. tree trunks. Um, I would say, other than the time limit draw, which you could argue was good or not good smart move or not i think this was a damn near perf- perfectly booked king of the ring tournament at least for the winner bret hart because he got to tell a great story as an individual you know um bret hart is the king of the ring he's the king of the ring 1993's version of the king of the ring two-time king of the ring put it on his list of accomplishments mm-hmm. we didn't even talk about them only man to do it they rushed the hitman to this coronation ceremony, as I'm sure they were running very low on time. So my man couldn't even sell. You know he wants to sell. He's just been through <laughs> wars. But they sw- like they swoop him as if he's like you know got to get to some like you know flight or something. But what was it, Tony Guerrilla? Yeah, exactly, yeah. Guerrilla. And uh, Mean Gene Oakland crowns the hitman. Bret Hart. Somehow even manages to look cool with a crown and a robe on. It's not this don't always work, but this guy that's can debatable. Pull it off. You didn't like it? You didn't like the look? Uh that's debatable. I don't know that it, I don't know that he looked cool. He looked cool, man. Bret Hart looked <laughs> cool. Savage uh marking out over Brett's win. Savage is that excited. was awesome. When he rushed the ring and hugged him. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying. Like once again, like Mach Mach had love for him, dude. From that family, man, the Pafo family, the Hart family, yep. those boys stick together. The Henning family, dude. And just when uh, everybody feels uh, like super prestigious, too, it's like it's match running. Like if it was fucking Corey Gray's running to the ring, the oh hug, god, like, the Miz after he won a tournament or something. Oh you'd be my like, god, oh my god, spare me, right? But it's just it's like the levels of the whole show is so different. <laughs> the dude, it just don't, it years. just don't add up now. Like yeah, it, 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 it's it's just don't add up. I sent those guys something earlier. It was a picture. With Mach wearing like um some like real uh, flamboyant gear from his WCW run when he was wearing all this like stuff and the meme was like I'm gonna tell my kids this was Seth Rollins and it's like these kids man like I'm definitely the old grizzled guy now like they literally don't know what they missed in Macho Man like Mm -mm. just you just don't know what you missed with him what a legend so this is where this is where man this was almost a perfectly booked show. And you can argue real quick. One yeah. more. I just have one more point about the match, the ending of the match, because um, he wins with the victory roll, mm-hmm. which they end up. Brett uses that again in a very famous match. And I thought that was that reminded me of him and Owen too at mm-hmm. WrestleMania 10. Um, Cause you know, you saw him win with that before. So when he rolls him up, you think that's going to be, so I just wanted to point that out. I thought that was cool. Absolutely. And I've seen other Brett uh, Bam Bam matches. I forget on what, maybe a Coliseum video or a, 
and he does that finish again with Bam Bam. They must have went like they love that mm. was a good they, they it was they went to the well with that. Mm-hmm. Um so this is where you know this show was to me so enjoyable and it, and it was overall but this is where um we'll talk we'll talk about it real quick we'll debate about it real quick but are you you know you're shooting an angle now you're setting something up for the future but i want to know where you guys stand on jerry the king lawler emerging and crashing the ceremony mm-hmm. fairly quickly and uh middle of brett's promo the middle of his coronation brett goes from very interesting compelling matches you know potential feud with razor potential feud with maybe an upcoming uh, Shawn Michaels, maybe a narcissist, who knows? But instead, the carny of all carnies, Jerry the King Lawler is out. Brett ranks Jerry Lawler as the greatest heel of all time from Brett's mouth. Mm. But what do you guys think? Frank, where are you with the ending of this King of the Ring? Yeah, um, very, I guess, very odd to me, you know what I mean, watching it. But I I guess it makes sense you know but like this is one of those things with brett's career that's always so frustrating looking back and or when you hear people like in the defense of like brett not being the number one like me and duke had him on the greatest of all time list we're saying like you know he wasn't a draw or the business was struggling i'm like dude they had him in programs with bob backland they had him in programs with yoko they had him and now they're doing this with jerry the king lawler like in big moments for him you know what i mean and it's always just like come on dude there's so much cooler stuff that he could be doing should be doing and eventually would do but like, I don't know. Like you said, we just saw him like do all this cool stuff, and the like the lasting impression yeah. of the show is Jerry the King Lawler standing across from him. You know what I mean? Like the Clown King. You know, because I understand that you know Lawler had his day. You know, but by the nineties, the the they had been long been over. You know, and he seemed like Joe King that I knew growing up. You know what I mean? Like even then in nineteen mm-hmm. three talking shit to Bret Hart you know it just doesn't make sense I do like Bret saying like wait why didn't you join the tournament then you know what I mean like if you were like so pressed about it and it's like it's true you know you could have been in the been in the tournament That's with fine. everybody else That's you know great. but dude what do you think about Lawler's involvement here buzzkill or I, you like it yeah oh, no complete buzzkill I I hate I hated it actually because like all right so you put Hogan on in the middle right because you're going to send the fans home happy that's what i'm thinking you're going to have brett win the king of the ring fans go home happy like and once again let's cut his legs out you know Mm -hmm. like the guy gets finally like he gets his moment once again i would like to point out the guy wrestled almost 50 minutes and he's not out of breath whatsoever he Mm -hmm. rushed to that platform and he's speaking with the same breath that I am right now. Just want to throw that out there. Another yeah, reason. Endurance. Insane. Shit. So, um, yeah, man, I hated it. Like, set this shit up tomorrow night on Raw. You know? Like, let the guy have his moment, Vince. Like, I don't get it, man. I, I understand you want to, like, build programs and stuff, but isn't that what weekly television's for? Yeah. Aren't pay-per-views, didn't they used to be? That's where you settled things, you know? Like, mm-hmm. I hate it's not it, like man. they didn't have Raw back then. It was January 11th, 93 yeah. when the first it Raw. Was, so this is uh They were June. around. They were around. Yeah. Whatever shoot the show. angle the next night. Yeah, pick one. Like, have them come out. You know, they're going to do a whole celebration of Bret Hart winning the King of the Ring. And then Lawler comes out. And, you know, like... But, it, yeah, it was such bullshit. Like, it just left you with, like, a sour taste in your mouth. After an event that I really enjoyed. 
you know, and it's like, like um, so what's what I just love about Brett is um, like, he's so corny, but I love him so much sometimes. <laughs> he's like, you're the Burger King. You're not yeah. the king. You're the Burger yep. King. And of course, that, yeah, that, ends yeah, up, that, was that ends up sticking. But this really upset, like, the king. This is what caused him to hit him with the scepter and destroys the crown. And, bro, he hits him way too hard in the back. And with that, that chair? Yes, yeah, dude. Dude, stiff on the back. Like, yeah, a da- just a nasty attack. Some would say yep. a buzzkill. I agree with you. But, um, I, and by the way, like, I don't even hate Lawler like you guys do. I don't hate Jerry the King Lawler's, but I just can. thought it was just, it was out of place. You know what I mean? Let the dude have his moment. You don't even need to crown him. Like I said, do that the next day. Show him in the ring. You can bring the crown and stuff, but have a whole coronation the next day. And then Lawler comes in and ruins the fucking night. You know, not this night, though. Yeah, he has a feud with Lawler that lasts like all through the summer. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, this takes up Brett's time, if you will. And it's like, uh, I don't know who you put him with here. Um, out of here, do you continue a feud with Bam Bam? Do you go to a narcissist thing like the roster was? Do you go back to perfect? razor who knows you go back to razor they just had a feud actually so i don't know what you do i don't know what the fantasy booking is but yeah jerry lawler coming in definitely a blemish not i don't know if that's the word but like bret hart he makes it work with everyone usually and and Mm -hmm. some would say he did with lawler i guess he loves his own feud with lawler bret loves his view with lawler he loves to kiss my foot match he loves all that stuff so if bret loves it i guess that's fine but um let me say this all in all bret hart performed four matches totaling one hour 19 minutes and 53 seconds across 24 hours 600 miles apart and um yeah his consolation prize for losing out on the hogan SummerSlam thing was working with jerry lawler and uh <laughs> that's what you congrats. that's what you get <laughs> congrats and uh yep that's what we we deal with let's go with our overall rating of the show and uh, then I have well, some fun. Can we first rank this match? Because we haven't yet. My apologies. That's the second time I'm I'm, <sighs> I'm, I'm an amateur okay. hour here. Let's rank the match. John, what listen, you got? you got a lot on your plate. Let's talk about what's on John's plate. You guys got the brand new Talk Elite with John and Frank every week. He's got a lot on his plate. We got Coliseum Classics going on, presented by No Sold, where we dip into the old school, watch old Coliseum home videos. So you got a lot going on, pal. So it's got understandable. no sold here. All right. I apologize. Got no sold right here. Yeah. Sometimes, so, I, you Frank, know, I'm human. <laughs> and you're ready to rock and roll. How about you, Frank? What do you got? Right. This? So this match, Bammer versus Brett the Hitman Hart, I gave it four stars. Even. You like the underdog story? Love the underdog story, yeah, and it was more for that because if I was judging based on just the match, still a good match, you know, I'd probably give it like a three and a half or something just on ring work. But I just love the underdog story, and I think it's so well done in it, so believable. And that's always the thing with Brett that ninety percent of these guys don't have it's believability, yep. and it's like it felt very believable. It felt like although he did fight two monsters and Razor and Perfect, it was like it still felt like he had to dig deep to get this match out of him. You know what I mean? Pull this win out from Bam Bam. And it was just perfect. I just think it's well done. I think this shows why Brett's the greatest of all time. The three best matches on the card. A card which a lot of people like. You know what I mean? Like judging from like 
online person like you know reception of mm-hmm. this pay-per-view and it's like it's a card everybody likes and i think unanimously the three best matches are considered brett's you know and it's who can say that who can say they have put on three you could argue the level of classics for all of them but like they're all kind of classics in their own way you know what i mean and it's it's you know it, and razor bam bam and perfect as his opposition it's like does it get cooler it's, it's hard you know it's hard it's hard to top hard to top that one night of um, night. matches by any one man right so i would go on record probably say this is uh the best three matches in one night by any wrestler ever because mm-hmm. who 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 could you and they're all three very different matches mm-hmm. distinctly different and that's all a credit to the detail you gave it four out of five stars i go 7.7 7 out of 10 i love the story i thought they were it was you know grueling battle to see him overcome it um you know i think it went a little long it was like 18 minutes and it felt mm-hmm. like they were going to rush through the end but they ended up getting everything in and yeah i'm at 7.7 7.8 7. out of 10 something like that what do you got duke for this yeah we're all kind of in the same wheelhouse i got four out of five stars oh, nice. and once again um like to your guys's point like they were all different matches like it was cool because it's almost like he fought perfect who's about his size then he fought like the taller scott hall the taller mm-hmm. stronger then he fought this big thick monster mm-hmm. and like they were all really good matches man and yeah. um that perfect match like i said that changed my whole perception of 91 SummerSlam now like i have to oh, we gotta do go that back soon. and Maybe yeah i gotta August. go back and revisit you know so and props to bam bam rest in peace bam for sure Bolo. like definitely yeah like what a what a great showing by him you know mm-hmm. earlier in the evening you know it, it it is what it is with hacksaw he got like a six minute match or whatever but like to go that length with a smaller guy once again to have that engine to hang in there with brett i think that says a lot about bam bam as well and uh yeah definitely want to give him his flowers before we roll out and also very interesting thing um in the 94 king of the ring tournament two of bret hart's opponents in this tournament end up facing off in the first round bam bam faces off against razor ramon and the first That's round funny. of 94 king of the ring i thought that was interesting very interesting and um 1994 king of the ring uh, another heart gets the crown but uh yeah, yeah. and and, and against against one razor ramon in the finals um so let's go to our overall rating for this show king of the ring 1993 duke i'm kicking to you first what's your rating overall before one more thing i just gotta give one more guy props during this uh event howard finkel mm-hmm. the greatest ring announcer of all time hands down i absolutely love how he says bret hart's name when he announces him the winner look it up it's awesome i love it um overall i'm i'm not gonna average out everything um mm-hmm. like i normally do because like it would lower the grade and i don't want that because i think this is this pay-per-view deserves a high grade. I think it's absolutely worth watching. Um, if you're a Bret Hart fan, if you're not a Bret Hart fan, you're going to become one. But there's <laughs> other cool stuff besides that. There's, you know, interesting. You can kind of see, like, 
the WWF shifting gears almost to like the new generation, as they called it. So overall, I would say four out of five stars overall. Super enjoyable event. It might be the best King of the Ring of all time. Time will tell, but I definitely think you guys should check it out. I think you would enjoy it. Yeah. Um, Frank, what do you got for an overall? Yes, that's about about an eight out of ten. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I gave it, I gave it a six out of ten, which I still think is a respectable grade. Um, three stars on my scale out of five. I just, I think, a lot of below average matches for my taste, you know, and then three above average matches from Brett and his, you know, contemporaries who are in the match, right? Razor, perfect, mm-hmm. and Bam Bam. So like those matches carried the um, overall pay per view grade. Like I did not enjoy that tag team match. I did not enjoy the Lex Luger Tatanka match, and I did not enjoy the Hogan stuff. You know, so uh-huh. it it lowers the overall score. But that said, I did have a good time overall in this event. Like the perfect match with Mister Hughes, like got a low score. Bam Bam and Taxall got a low score, but I still was into it. I was kind of into all the tournament stuff except exactly. the Lex Luger match. That that match just bored me. It was just too long. I feel like. They went about that the wrong way, but I guess they needed to, you know, tie them and draw. So it is what it is. Overall, though, I did like the t- tournament, the King of the Ring tournament. I don't know over the years of watching all these King of the Rings if I enjoyed one as much as I have enjoyed this tournament from throughout, you know, at least the exactly. day of the tournament, the tournament so, itself. Yeah, not exactly. The pay-per-view. Yeah. So, um, you know, for that reason, it gets a, a passing score from me three stars out of five, six out of 10, but not quite as high as Dukas. Okay, fair. So, theme is Bret Hart. My heart is in full effect. 8.1 out of 10. I think this is one of the most enjoyable shows we've rewatched and done mm-hmm. a review on. Because, yeah, Duke, if you average it out, sure. But you have to also take into consideration the aesthetics, the sounds. We had this commentary team. We got who We got a little bit of everyone that we are so connected to whether it's macho man's one-liners bobby you get a little young jim ross if you're still a hulkamaniac he's there we had all the steiners we we had so many guys in there not to mention razor brett sean the great matches with bret hart putting on a trilogy in one night that i think you could put up against anyone's uh in their career but he did it in one night like okay what's this guy's three best matches of his career yeah, yeah. brett did that in one night yeah that's a good point um, I just think the show was booked really well, uh, except for the ending with Jerry Lawler, but it was pretty action packed. Uh, I wrap it all together and I, and that's where I'm at with it. 8.1 out of 10 for my highest grade probably yet with any of these reviews. I just really love the show and it's prime time, my era too. So this brings me back, tried to look at it with my 10 year old eyes again. And, uh, I loved it. I just really enjoyed it. And I knew I would. But it, it was even more fun because I knew we would talk about it. So I'm glad we're all kind of in the same boat, though. I think we all agreed it was a great tournament, and uh, that's not always easy to pull mm. off. Thank, thank you, Bret Hart. Let me run through some quick notes, and uh, then we'll get out of here. Pre-match. No, no, if you guys know. Mm-hmm. Singles match for the USWA Unified World Heavyweight Championship. Papa Shango mm-hmm. was the champion, defeated Owen Hart. Dark match wow. on the show. Yeah. And uh, you saw this, Frank, I'm sure, right? This understanding. Yeah, I, saw, I saw it online. Yeah, yeah. I didn't watch mm. the match or anything, but yeah. 
Yeah, so this title was, um, you know, held by a lot of WWF guys, actually, uh, at the time, because it was like part of a deal McMahon had with the USWA. And uh, yeah, Papa Shango and Owen Hart fall for the USWA title in a pre-match. Very weird. And uh, this event, 6,500, the lowest attendance of any King of the Ring event, but the buy rate was the highest of any King of the Ring event hmm. until the year 1999. So lowest in-ring at uh, attendance, but it drew on pay-per-view really well. So more hmm. than any of them almost, which is interesting. Um, maybe yep, there's and a future on... for this company after all. <laughs> yeah, maybe Hogan is a draw. Maybe people do want to see tournaments. Vince McMahon. Like, what the hell? We don't even do King of the Ring What do you mean? Anymore. We just got a tournament, pal. No, I'm saying King of the Ring. I oh, need that okay. back. They're, like in I think one they're night. bringing that back, didn't they say? They, they were gone. Night of Champions. Yeah, Night of Champions. They went back to Night uh, of oh, Champions. Oh, did they really? Okay. It was going to be King just, Queen of the Ring. Yeah. They just had a World Heavyweight Championship tournament. Pal, you didn't enjoy Seth Rollins winning that world title? <laughs> <laughs> Once again, I mean, not one night. Hey, the AEW just had a Pillars tournament. <laughs> You know, that didn't really turn into didn't turn into anything either. Four man tournaments they was. Um, anyways, this was really, really fun. King of the Ring 1993. We say go back and watch it. Um, I think if nothing else, this this really, 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 really solidifies Bret Hart as just the undisputed goat. We're gonna go back in time. I'm going to undo my my vote because of this show. Three matches in one night, and they're all just different, great. Hulk Hogan, I did like him on this show still. but Welcome you know, to the party, pal. Welcome to the party. You're Next week, listen, we're going to talk. The WWE is changing all their title belts around. They're, 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 oh, well, they're changing you, the design. You're going to give them the lowdown? Yeah, they're but changing down, all, all right. the designs. Here we go. And we we just have to. Our man here, Frank, is a title belt expert. This man, <laughs> he knows Hand what a good his own yeah. titles. Make yeah, money. he knows genuine leather. He knows the proper materials, the way you should you know fit a plate on that leather strap. Anyway, we want to talk about WWE title designs, pro wrestling title designs. We want to talk about what are the like some of the best looking aesthetically, right, Frank? What do you think? Yeah. But I don't want to give it away. We're going to, you know, but like, I think there's a few obvious ones. Everybody brings big gold, big gold up. Or with, if you're an old head, you like the 10 pounds of gold. If you're Duke McNulty and my, me and myself, we like those winged eagle. There's plenty of cool designs. And I think the problem that we're facing is none of them are in the current wrestling show. <laughs> big show, at least. I mean, I think AEW has some pretty cool designs. I don't know where they'll rank, you know, historically with some of these classic titles. But it's like it's a thing that kills me every time I watch their show. It's like at least if you put on a cool belt on Roman, you know what I mean? Like remember they did those old pictures of like the old photo shoot yeah. of Roman. Had oh the my cool. god! And it's like the coolest looking the Usos or whoever had the tag team belts or whatever. And it's like all of it looked way cooler than the stuff you get now. So I'm curious. They did that you. photo shoot and they still didn't <laughs> realize. I know what I, their own company. They they own company. Duke, I know you love the spinner belt. We'll give it a little bit of love. But, um, I don't give it away, brother. I mean, you know, we're going to talk all about title designs and some of our favorites, some of the best, what we think could help these current title designs make them feel more. So that is the next episode of No Sold. We're going to talk all about the greatest 
what we think are we are we forming lists is that what you're telling me Ooh, we're gonna oh, list man. our favorite Ooh, I, I like a fave top five. 10 our top five they can do go over top 10 out of nowhere total listen bro, he don't even like this there is a lot of belts the belts is tricky you i'll know, go there's so many we're going fave go five. Okay. five there it is right. john put the he told Bay us five world what. titles. That's tough. That's tough. But I think we, all, we next... should also mention some of our least favorites. Absolutely. Just okay. Dishonorable mentions. Okay. Get I, I like your, that too. Get your favorites and least favorites in the comments ready too, because there's a lot. There's lots of good. And then what do you guys? Uh, what do you guys have coming up for Talk Elite? Any Talk Elite. Big? So Talk Elite, we're actually going to be talking about Collision, AEW Collision, debuting, TNT. I'm stoked. I know you guys are stoked as CM Punk fans. He's back. CM FTR in the main event of Collision. We're going to talk all about that on Talk Elite. Coliseum Classics coming up. We got some old school stuff happening. Crunch Classics, Duke. I think that's what it is. Crunch Crunch Classics, baby. Man, we're we're just all over the map here. We're going right back to 1993, actually. My wheelhouse. Right around that time, yep. We're all over the board. This has been fun for the East-West Connection. This has been No Sold. We'll catch you next time, next week for title belt designs, title designs, best and worst. Get them ready in your head. This is the bottom. What is it? That's the bottom line or this is this the bottom is line? Bo- this I is think, the bottom line. I think we should end with this. We this show is the best there is. The best there was. The best there ever will be. 